2: 18. Plus. Broadcasting from deep in the Eublopharis
1: galaxy, on a small planet called Geconia, east of the albino hills and south of the raging lucistic river comes the one, the only Gecko Nation Radio. Uh, Good evening, Gecko Nation. How's everybody doing tonight? Hope everybody's doing great. Um, Tonight's going to be a really interesting show. Today is uh, June 22, 2014. And uh, one of the best things about doing this radio show is being able to talk to some of the most instrumental people in the community, whether it be new and -and up-and-coming folks with great breeding operations and businesses, or of course, the living legends out there. And uh, since I've become heavily involved in the gecko community over the past five years or so, um, I've heard the name Julie Bergman mentioned quite often, so it's going to be great to actually have her on the show tonight. And I am joined with none other than the cougar from San Francisco, Miss or Mrs., depending on how she's feeling
3: today,
4: Marcia McGinnis.
1: Marcia, you are live on Gecko Nation Radio.
4: I'm li- I'm alive. Wow, I'm <laughs> alive on Gecko Nation. Good. That's a, I was wondering if I was by, dead.
1: Uh, are you going by Miss or Mrs.
3: these days?
4: Well, I don't know if a 60-year-old woman can get by with being called <laughs> Miss. So.
3: <Okay>. Signorita. <laughs> Senorita? <laughs>
4: I have to I have to uh tell um Mr to um not interrupt the radio program. <laughs> That's okay. How, how's
1: everything going in the land of golden gate geckos?
4: It's going. It's just going. I'm still um I don't know. I, I you know I'm going to be after this uh, particular season going to be making a concerted effort to move a lot of my um my breeders. And it's hard. It's hard to do. Um, yeah. I think once I think I've made up my mind, uh, then I change it. So <laughs> anyway, I guess there's nothing that says I have to do it immediately, but, um, but I definitely want to um, start gearing up towards uh, just keeping probably just a few uh, just a few of my favorites that are. Um most of them are little old ladies like uh not not unlike the mean old gecko lady only these ones aren't mean, but uh yeah, mm-hmm. it's been tough, so i've only produced like the, a lot of trouble too by the way i know it she i i try to ignore her because you know when i start you know fighting with her <laughs> back again, it seems like it fuels the flames yes
1: yeah, absolutely
4: and if, yeah, I, if, if I if i if i can just Oh, she's she's just um, she's just mean and old. That's all. Yeah,
3: yeah,
4: pretty much. And that, I can't stop her. Up. I can't, you know. She she's like uh. She's like that gift that keeps on giving. You know. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she needs a
3: she needs a man besides uh. Renaud- besides
4: Alejandro or whoever it is. After,
3: yes. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, keep I, I can't imagine um, any anybody being that interest, interested in her in that way, unless she's got a lot of money, which she may very well have. Not
3: they usually
1: do. When yeah, I, I think she's and she's kind of bold too. I think she may. I don't know. She says she's got some amazing geckos, so maybe somebody want may want to get in on some of those genetics, but.
3: I don't know. Well,
4: I saw the the high the, what was it the the high uh, there was the glow, glow bino or the or blue bino, yep. and then there was the uh Tangelo? yeah, the tangelope uh
3: yeah, let's see the... there was one
4: other one the gek glow that was it the gek glow. glow Yep. Yeah, it looked like it was uh, radioactive. gosh knows what she did to get it to look like that, but
3: um <laughs> but anyway, I'm
4: hoping she's going to not rear her ugly head tonight cuz um uh, um, Julie would have to wind up getting her first uh, um, experience with the mean old gecko lady. Although I know she can yeah. hold her
1: Okay. Well, I'm, I'm. I don't think she's going to try to call in tonight. But I'll keep an eye on it.
4: I won't let her in. I'll try to do my best. But um, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so, how about you, Dave? Started how's started things been going with you?
1: Oh well, thanks for asking. Yeah, you know, Marsh, everything's going good. It's like. It's that time of the year. Uh, it's kind of crazy, you know. The babies are hatching and the eggs are coming, and it's like a nonstop avalanche. You can't control it. And uh, <laughs> I'm kind of like, <laughs> I'm kind of like at the point too where I haven't really made up my mind if I'm growing or if I'm staying the same size. But it just seems that I'm building a new rack every week just to keep up with the flow of babies. So
3: oh boy, it's uh,
4: yeah, it's a good I've yeah, I've been there.
3: I've been there. Yeah, I've been,
4: been there. And now, now I'm on oh, a. Uh, now I'm doing just the opposite. How many, how many racks can I empty permanently? Right. Yeah. So, well,
1: so I'm a long way off before I even start considering that. I'm too, I'm too much of an addict, a gecko addict at this point.
3: So.
4: Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> gonna be it's gonna be tough for me. So no, you you got plenty of time before you're ready to retire.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, I, I had that opportunity to, too to take last uh, over the last couple of weeks, and I turned it down. I'm, I said nope, I'm sticking with my geckos, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ride this wave as long as I can. So, um, well, good. It's a lot of fun. So I, I wouldn't it's want to. that. Well, it, it right is, now. and it's
4: also a lot of headache and and uh, um, mm. you know eighteen hour days and stuff too. But it's uh, oh yeah. But so when you there's see that first little nose tip out of the egg for the season, it makes it all worthwhile.
5: And you know what's
1: you know what's so great about the declination Group is the fact that we have so many new members coming in and a lot of people are experiencing those first eggs hatching and those first eggs being laid and there's just so much enthusiasm and I love it. I love being around New yeah. People that are excited about everything
4: and Well it kinda of um, renews it kinda of renews the uh the passion and the uh and the happiness that uh you know, that we all ha ex- that we all have experienced and um you know, i I I always remember my first hatchlings. Always. Yeah. Well, what and the- that was freaking they were just little normal babies. Mhm. But uh, what, what had happened for, with me? It was weird because I, I, there was really nothing to go by. Nobody told you, told anybody, or could read anywhere, you know, how to mix the, you know, the ratio of water to vermiculite and uh, fl- you know, temperature fluctuations. Really, you know, so I wound up the first half, the first entire half of the season with. You know, uh, eggs that failed or uh, moldy eggs and stuff. And then it wasn't until I totally gave up. I said, you know what, this is a bunch of baloney. I I can't do this. And I left them alone and ignored them. Mm
3: -hmm. And guess what?
4: Out of the blue, one day I just decided to open. It was just one of those old baiters, you know. And uh, there were two babies in there. (laughs) And I sat in the middle of the floor with that deli cup in my hand and cried like a baby. I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. So anyway, I, that's how I learned. I mean, I, you know, like some people have a black thumb with plants, you know, they think if a little bit of water is good, a lot's better, and you wind up killing off your plants. Right. Well, I was doing that with the, you know, with the substrate medium, not to mention opening and closing the, the um, incubator five, six, eight times a day. Oh my um, God! Yeah. which made for all kinds of temperature fluctuations. I look back and and I can see as plain as day all the mistakes that I made, and I'm just glad that people now who are having such great success with their breeding projects and hatchlings and things, there's 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 so much information out there and products and things like that that you know it's it's good that they're having success so they won't get discouraged. Right, right,
1: and, and we got the group and everything else we're doing to keep people on the, the right
4: group track. There the group is great. Yeah, the group is great. It's yeah. a safe place for people to come and not feel like they're going to be, uh, y- you know, made fun of for not knowing everything. Uh, of course, some of us are born knowing everything, such as some <laughs> woman that we won't, um, whose name we w- we'll, will not speak, but, um, right. but, but yeah, a good safe place to come and and enjoy the the group, and share information, and pictures, and learn, and it's just, I'm just really, really pleased that, uh, you know, the Gecko Nation has um, been there, and you've been there to provide this fantastic, um, um, you know, place for us to come and hang out.
1: Well, we're just getting started, Marcia, that's for sure. It's just it's, it's going to keep going, um, but, well let's jump into the show. And before we get started with uh, the rest of the program, we have to hear a word from some of our amazing sponsors. And folks, these are just some of the sponsors. The rest of them will be played in the middle of the show and then all of them again at the end I'll mention. So please check out some of these great breeders and businesses. And keep in mind, all of my sponsor plugs are sincere. And um, we're very picky about who gets to uh, advertise and sponsor get donation. And these people really are Some of the best people I've met and encountered in the industry and community.
4: So check them out. Absolutely.
0: Yep.
1: Gecko Nation Radio is a David Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. Gecko Nation Radio is sponsored by... Ohio Gecko is famous for amazing tangerines, snows, and other very unique Leopard Gecko projects. Thad also has some incredible fat tail morphs available from stingers to starbursts. Visit him online at ohiogecko.com and at Expos in the Northeast. He is also the owner of geckoforums.net. Dale's Bearded Dragons is your one-stop source for any reptile supply products that you may need from Exoterra, Zoo Med, Rapashi, Repcal, Fluker, and much, much more and all at 20 to 50 percent cheaper than your local pet store or big chain pet store they're also the biggest reptile supply distributor at most of the northeast expos contact them directly online at dalesbeardeddragons.com or message me on facebook and i'll put you in touch with the owner supreme gecko is a great source for crested geckos day geckos and other species including micro geckos wally kern is a top-notch breeder and gecko enthusiast. visit supremegecko.com for his available animals and supplies gecko boa reptiles is your source for the highest quality leopard gecko morphs and wild types from white and yellows to radars amazing tremper morphs and rare subspecies john is a world-class breeder and extremely knowledgeable if you're looking for something truly special in geckos contact john scarborough at geckoboa.com and on facebook rainbow mealworms is the largest worm grower in the world and selling to the public since 1956. If you need the highest quality mealworms, superworms, and crickets for your pets, contact them at www.rainbowmealworms.net. All right, folks, we are back. And hey, Marcia, I've got a quick question for you. Okay. What is what is the absolute best forum for gecko enthusiasts?
4: The best, for, I mean, online forum other than um, uh, be careful. There's Facebook, a, you collect- mean?
1: Besides Facebook, what's what is our favorite forum for gecko enthusiasts?
4: Well, I I would I would just have to say geckoforums.net. dot net.
1: That's right. You answered correct.
4: Absolutely. Oh yay! Do I win something?
1: Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's some cans laughter for you.
4: <laughs> okay. So I take that as a negative.
1: No, you don't win anything, but the, <laughs> the community wins because it really is... I mean, how, how many years does that go back? I think it was 2006 now. Uh, I, well,
4: I was the second person uh, registered at, on that uh, website as uh super moderator, and then, then I became... Um, um uh, administ- the administrator for the website for several years so yeah it's been it's been around for a while
1: Yeah, and it's still going strong i mean i don't know facebook totally did steal some action from the forum world but you guys can still you know really go back in the history there and see just where we've come from with leopard geckos in particular and going back so many years now, and, you know, for, Facebook is great, but, you know, with Facebook, you you make a post, you put information, and then 10 minutes later, like in a group that's busy like ours, that information is all the way down, you know, 5, 10, 20
4: posts, you know, buried, yeah,
1: the next day, somebody will ask the same question, and you've got to rehash the whole thing again.
4: Well, and that's true. So, if you to use Gecko Forums, uh, the 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 best way to use Gecko Forums as a resource is to do a a search. Uh, Mm -hmm. Chances are, chances are, whatever your question or issue is, has been addressed at some point. Uh, And that's really great that you're able to type in that. You can even do an advanced search. Uh, for you know topics along those lines and do your homework before, before you post. Um, in many cases that your, your question has been answered, or right. somebody else has experienced uh, whatever you're experiencing that may be concerning you. Um, not only that, it's just a, you know it's just a great place to post pictures. Uh, talk about the animals that you love and uh but I do I really I do think that the website is set up uh where people can uh research there on the forum itself and, and again it goes back to the very beginning. Uh and mm-hmm. some of that information is is still just as good as it was back then. So do your you know, go ahead and do your searches and stuff, uh and if your answers don't get uh, if your questions don't get answered then by all means Bring it up.
1: Rachel in the chat room says, yeah, Facebook is just another addiction outlet, Dave. I still love Gecko Forums, she says,
3: Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> awesome. Oh, the, group is, uh, the, the chat room's filling up nice. we got Brett, Justin, Justin. We have Brooke Polowski, the lovely, talented logo designer. We have Mr. Chad Wenzel. We have Elsa. We have Mike. We have Marcy from MS2. We have Rachel, of course, and we have Sean from Heavy Duty Reptiles.
3: And of course, right on. Mr.
1: Steve Barker. And and of, of course, right Mr. And Steve Barker. And here he is.
0: Good evening, Gaconians.
3: <laughs> What's up,
1: Steve? How are you? <laughs>
0: good. How are you guys?
1: <laughs> that cracks me up every time he says that. I'm good. <laughs> 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 what's what's new in bc barker land
0: uh, i'm just starting to hatch out leopard geckos and i'm really psyched by the first clutch first two clutches
3: oh i Did, saw I the video you, on youtube
0: yeah yeah, yeah. oh you yeah. have it, it on
4: youtube oh nice. ah.
0: yeah they might be all all be keepers <laughs>
4: well usually they are i get,
0: I get hooked <laughs> you know well, we got,
4: we, we got to show you that there is life other than snakes, you know.
0: Oh yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: I tell you, and, and they just, either last night or this morning, just shut out all of them did, and oh man, they look even better. Oh yeah.
4: Yeah, and they'll be, and now they're ready to eat, huh? Oh
0: yeah. 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 Any snakes yet? Uh, nope. Just clutches waiting. In the incubator. Cool. How many snake eggs yeah. you got on the ground? Uh, it's four, Fourteen, I think. Thirteen. Fourteen ball pythons? 13. Yeah. Yep. Nice. yep. nice. I still have another three clutches at least coming. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Real cool.
4: So you're you're going to have quite a few little snakelings.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking for <laughs> some for a few holdbacks this year. <laughs> Off the, okay, uh, the the pied and lesser, the pied clutch and the lesser and blonde pastel clutch, I might be holding back a lot of those.
3: <laughs> hmm.
0: So you think you're <laughs> going get to any,
1: get any actual, um, like any pies, produce any pies this year? Or?
0: I hope so. I bred um hat pied to a pastel hat pied. Because my oh, my cool. pie my my female pie didn't put on enough weight and I didn't want to risk it, so I didn't breed her mm-hmm. this year. But
3: mm-hmm.
0: but I'm really hoping to hit on that pastel pie. That's That'd what I'm looking cool. for. Yeah. Yeah,
4: that sounds amazing.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, what
4: you got for us for the news, bud?
0: Okay. Well, I just found this on Facebook from one of our sponsors. Marcy, hmm. MS2 Sours. I saw a little debate on Gecko Nation, I don't know, a few days ago about water crystals. I don't know if you, you guys saw that on there. I yeah, pers-
4: that
5: was for I, what? For,
0: I, for, yeah, yeah. For um, using them for dubia roaches and that
6: gotcha. they yeah.
0: they could eat the the crystals after the liquid has been you know, taken out of them, and that sure. when the way I understood it, when one of our geckos eat it, then they could blow, basically blow the gecko up. So, I use <laughs> water crystals for my dubias. I do too. So that you know, they have moisture all the time. Then they also get fruits and vegetables. Besides that, yeah. But just so they have moisture all the time, I use them. Well, Marcy did a little experiment here, and like I said, I just—it was posted one hour ago, so I just found this. And she says I put the same amount of water crystals in each portion cup to stimulate to simulate stomach acid. I didn't have hydrochloric acid or muriatic acid, so I went with things commonly around the house. I used lemon juice in one cup, white vinegar in another, and apple cider vinegar in another. I set the timer for an hour, and you can see the results. There's results in the pictures. This is right in the Gecko Nation Facebook page. And uh, I lost my place. Only the largest crystals remained. I do not think water crystals pose any impaction risk. I think that once they pass through the insect's digestive tract and the reptiles and the reptiles they are essentially gone one study in 1997 by Kansas State University showed that they were linked to cancer but another study in 1999 by the Nelco Chemical Company could not pr- reproduce those same results it is the same substance used in part to make contact lenses and in cosmetics Cosmetic and reconstructive surgery for facial filler.
4: You know what else they're used for?
0: What's the oh. Diapers. Oh, really? Really? Wow. That makes sense.
4: Diapers. The the those diapers that are really nice and lightweight and that kind of thing have a whole lining full of water crystals in them. So, as the child, you know urinates and wets it, they swell up, which oh, actually wicks, wow. it wicks the moisture away from the, bo- the child's body. And it's, of course, between layers of, you know, um, you know, absorbent material. But the, the, the downside to this, and I am speaking from direct experience with my grandchildren, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't get them changed right away, those water crystals swell up really big, and the next thing you know, you've got a little toddler running around with that looks like he's got a load in his pants that's been there for a month. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but yes, it is. It is what it's what those water crystals.
6: They are they are using
4: those in diapers. So I really don't think that if it was a carcinogenic uh, material. Or, or, or that it, you know, that that it would be endorsed to, to be held up against, you know, baby and toddler um, skin. Just wow. Yeah, you
1: know, the children they're discussing all the other uses for these <laughs> products and getting kind but of. But that's actually in there. pretty ingenious.
3: <laughs> Think about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of gross too, but
4: yeah. It's. Well, you know, but we're all, but we're all, we're all reptile breeders. Any anything, you know, anything that has to do with bodily excretions doesn't really phase us uh-huh. that much anymore. And especially well, parents kind of and grandparents, expensive. it's just kind of like, ah, uh, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, unfortunately, my grandmother had Alzheimer's, so yeah, there was a lot of that kind of stuff going on towards the end, unfortunately. But it's. It's crazy business, that's for sure. I don't even want to think about well, so that. So that's anymore, a though. that's
4: a really interesting, uh, you know, quick experiment that she did. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, just to get us to thinking. Uh, who is it that's claiming that the water crystals are 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 not good or are causing impaction?
0: Uh, there. I can't remember. It was a f- couple of days ago. I read that. On, on the gecko nation Facebook page
4: uh-huh
0: uh, I'm not sure i'm I'm scrolling down and I'm not finding it right offhand but well, well i
4: gonna... mean i I think the same could be said of you know you, you know like lay boxes uh where uh, or humid hides that have vermiculite in them yeah you know how I mean geckos lick everything. All right. Oh, and, yeah. and you know that they've ingested it because when they poop, it looks like little gold nuggets that come out, you know. But, but here's the thing about water crystals and uh, vermiculite and things like that. In their, when they're dry, they're hard and crunchy. But when they're wet, even though they do swell up, they're extremely soft. So, and I've never seen them stick to each other uh the water crystals really get so to the unless they're unless they're almost dry but but I would think it would be easy to pass but that's just a yeah. that's just a guess on my point okay
0: very very right. cool experiment though from from one of yeah. our sponsors
1: <laughs> one of our Beautiful, amazing sponsors. I call her my Alaskan Aries queen. That's what I call her. That's
0: Marcy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Very cool, though. All right. Good job, Marcy. I I, I just found that. Cool. So we'll get to the other stories then. Um, Let's see. Willow Smith and Jaden Smith, which are son and daughter to Will Smith. Yep. actor actor Will Smith. Mm-hmm. This article kind of reads like a shocking kind of article. Will Smith and her brother Jaden allow their pet snakes into their bedrooms, which, too, so <laughs> Willow is obsessed with snakes, and Jaden cuddles with them in bed. Willow has ten snakes sleeping in her room, and some are are in cages. Some aren't in cages. Willow welcomed her first Boa constrictor, beauty, back in two thousand eight when she was seven years old. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. What do you mean there's
1: some snakes yeah. that are not in cages?
0: I don't get that. You gotta ask. Yeah, it right? says they're yeah, and some aren't in cages. They are not in cages. That's what the article says. It doesn't say you know, how they have them in there or anything, but... Yeah, that's weird. Cool. Yeah. But <laughs> that's cool, you know. I'd like to see more celebrities. Well, they're
1: so rich. I bet you they have big room-sized stuff for things, too, so maybe that's a thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And for, uh, I don't know, next... I don't know. I don't know how to put it, but uh, idiot. I don't know. I'm <laughs> sorry. Yeah, a, a oh, sulfur do- man. Do-
1: we could say uh, we could say douchebag. <laughs> That's not a horrible word, is it?
0: Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll go with it. Well,
1: yeah, I don't think it's a terrible word, but I, that pretty much sums them up. But yeah, go ahead, Steve.
0: Yeah, in sulfur, Louisiana. A man went toe to toe with an eleven-foot alligator, leaving him with eighty stitches in one hand.
4: Oh now, my goodness!
0: Now, now, this is there's a video, and this is what they claim. They claim they were there's three of them. They claim they were trying to get the gator off the road. Eleven-foot alligator, okay. And <laughs> so their idea was. They were going to throw their shirts on top of its head so it couldn't see. They were going to jump on it. Now, if you're going to get it off the road, what are you going to do when you jump on that alligator? You know? Really?
6: What what are you going to
0: do? How are you going to get it off the road if you're sitting on it? You know? I, I watched the video a couple times. I mean, to me, they were just playing with that thing. Honestly, that's a thing. it. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of them looked like he was actually trying to pull it off the road because he had it by the tail and it was moving backwards. Now, that would have made sense to me. But to be trying to, you know, (laughs) jump on this thing, it's just. (laughs) All right. So I think uh, leave leave it alone. Definitely a (laughs) douchebag. Yeah. Come on. Poor alligator. <laughs>
4: well, they're lucky they didn't get injured.
0: But well, he ended up with eighty stitches in his hand.
4: That's what I mean. I mean, seriously injured. I mean, eighty stitches is a lot.
0: That's a love bite.
4: <laughs> that's. But I was going to say, that's nothing compared to, you know, a gator that size, you know, versus man, the hors
0: d'oeuvre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just dumb. Yeah it is, yeah. Exactly. That's what <laughs> I should've just that's just what I should have started with and ended with. <laughs>
4: that this is just uh, dumb.
0: <laughs> yeah. That you can't you oh. can't
4: fix <laughs> stupid, remember?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. All right. And unfortunately, this is just horrible. The giant tortoise, Lonesome George, was found dead on Sunday at the Galapagos National Park. Oh, oh. oh
4: and I heard about this.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is horrible. Lonesome George was believed... This is a new
4: one on me. Oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah. Well, this, you're, you're going to be really upset. Lonesome George was believed to be the last living member of the Pinta Island subspecies and had become an ambassador of sorts for the islands of Ecuador's coast, whose unique flora and fauna helped inspire Charles Darwin's ideas on on evolution. The tortoise age was not known, but they believe he was about 100 years old, and scientists had expected him to live another few decades. Various mates had been provided for Lonesome George after he was found in 1972, and in what proved unsuccessful attempts to keep his subspecies alive he was the last of that species that subspecies mm. that is just oh. horrible horrible yes.
4: that's that's a, that's devastating yeah to to our ecological basis and foundation of the entire world
0: well, I hope they... Yeah. I'm sure they took...
4: Well, here's, here's the there's a flip side to that. I'm they sure took, they've got DNA.
1: Yeah, and I think in in the next couple of decades, if we get our act together and we clean this planet up, the technology will be there where we can resurrect some of these species. You know, the whole concept behind Jurassic Park is completely plausible. You, we could totally oh, yeah. So, yeah. you know, if anybody thinks that's just a sci-fi movie, you know, check. Read the book. It's actually... You know, it's amazing. That I'm surprised. You know, it hasn't been done already. Put it that way. And who knows? Maybe there is some secret place where they're working on stuff like that. You I know, I wouldn't be surprised. But, right. Yeah. So, but to, but to resurrect some of these species, like the dodo bird and uh, the woolly mammoth, and now now this subspecies of tortoise, um, that would be a, that would be a terrific thing. Uh, yeah. Fact, I, I, geez, if I could get another go at at, at, at you know being alive, I would. Want to be involved with something like that? You know, exactly.
3: That so exciting, yeah. Exciting. Yeah. I don't
4: know much about. I, I know about artificial insemination and things like that in um, in, uh, in mammals, but I wonder if they. I I, I just wonder with cold-blooded uh, uh, animals if uh, semen can be uh, harvested, so so to speak, I guess, and preserved for. Uh, to inseminate um, eggs from, you know, like a, a similar uh, species female. Hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah, it sounds I,
1: interesting. Maybe.
4: Yeah, I, I don't know. I've never heard of, of, um, you know, um, pr- extracting and preserving, you know, uh, the sperm, uh, mm-hmm. or or even ovum for that for that matter in reptiles or any other cold-blooded species. That would be interesting.
3: Well,
0: yeah, geez, was that the
1: last? Was that the last story?
0: Yeah, and it leads us into our herp history.
1: Well, hold on, check this out. That's the time machine going back into herp history.
3: <laughs> All
0: right. <laughs> All right. The Charles. Darwin Foundation for the Galapagos Islands was founded under Belgian law in 1959, and for over 50 years, it has provided unique scientific solutions to protect the Galapagos Islands, and since, let's see, 1974, in 1974, the the tortoise population, giant tortoise population was about 3,000. As a result from the decimation after the arrival of humans, their population went down to 3,000. Since then, they have brought it back to 20,000 today. Wow. Is that is huge. And to add, to, to give another herp history with the Charles Darwin Foundation, they founded the, the Giant Tortoise Repatriation Program, in nineteen sixty five it's a world class program that continues today, so oh, that is cool. They brought it all the way up to twenty thousand you know and that's, that is cool yeah, we, that's,
4: we we can do this absolutely. we 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 as a society of human people, the guardians of all other species on this planet. It's, it's, we can do, we can do this if we just decide to do it. Yeah.
0: No, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, All right. That's well, amazing. Julie's
1: been on, Julie's been on hold for quite a while, guys. Let's, uh, let's move things, move things on a little bit. Um, Steve, um, we got, uh, we got to get Millennium Farms on. Again. I what know. Is, any, any update from them?
0: No, and I still haven't received my shipment either. So I got to get a hold of them and and see what's All going right.
1: on. Maybe we should give them a phone yeah. call. What do you
0: think? Yeah, probably. I'll, I'll try and call them tomorrow. Okay. See, see, All right. See what's going on, and I, I know you guys, you guys. Day. You guys are anxious to see me eat bugs, aren't you? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs>
4: You know, many cultures uh, eat insects for their high protein
0: content. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, this
1: is very common in the world,
0: actually. I'm kind, I'm kind it. it. of a, a, a little germaphobic, but it, I don't know. It doesn't really seem to bother me. You know, I don't know. It's just weird. Uh, maybe because I feed them so much to my geckos. <laughs> 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 I don't know. <laughs> Well, who knows? Yeah.
4: Mealworms, mealworms, and dubia roaches may be a future life, uh, life-sustaining uh, uh, staple for all of us.
0: Well, I, I figure if it's good enough for them, you know, it's got to be good enough for me. <laughs>
4: right. Right.
0: Exactly. <laughs> all
4: right. Well,
1: cool. Hey, Steve, uh, I want to thank you very much for the news, and um, we'll be in touch. Let me know what comes up with Millennium Farms, and I'll shoot you some available show dates tomorrow afternoon. How's that sound?
0: All right, great. Really, right, thank thanks you so a lot, much, Steve. But, thank you, Marcia. Awesome. All
1: right, Marcia, how, you know Julie much better than me. Why don't you introduce her, and I'll click the button and bring her on.
4: I would be privileged to introduce okay. my friend and my compatriot uh my peer, as well as my uh I, y- well okay, without any further ado, I would like <laughs> to bring on my friend and uh my friend Julie from gecko Ranch, who has a lot of things uh, a lot of titles passed her credits as well as being an author of a few rep- reptile related books, countless uh, publications and articles she's written uh, was uh, the the president of the global gecko Association before it before it uh, kind of went underground uh, she works with so many species of geckos, and I've had the privilege of going up to Gecko Ranch and staying there for a weekend and seeing everything that she's got, and, and you know helping with the regular maintenance and, and whatnot. But uh, one more thing, though. Julie's a race car driver.
1: So
3: that's awesome.:
4: Yeah. But you know what? Julie's awesome. And so, without any further ado, I would really, really love to have my friend and my, you know, and my, my, my confidant in many ways uh, come on and talk about some of the things that she's been working on. Okay.
1: Julie Bergman, you are live on Gecko Nation Radio.
7: Hey, guys. Hey Hi, Julie, Julie. how's <laughs>
3: so how everyone a legend tonight? Out there.
1: Doing good. You're like a legend in the community. You know that every once in a while I hear Julie Bergman, Julie Berg, and Bergman, and I'm like, well, who is this chick?
7: And
3: we <laughs> finally
7: got you on the air. <laughs> Aw. well, I'm definitely honored, and and uh, I'm so uh, honored to, you know, get the positive feedback from from my. Good friend and you know, essentially family member, uh, Marcia.
4: Oh, you Julie, know, like, that's sweet. <laughs> she, we we she we are her, sisters. We are sisters of a different of of different yeah, parentage.
7: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed.
1: <laughs> well, that's cool. Uh, I'm gonna for the most part. I'm gonna jump in a little bit, but I'm actually gonna let you girls talk, do most of the interviews tonight because you guys know each other really well. But, uh, Julie, what we normally like to figure out is, you know, basically how you got started and your interest in herpetoculture, and then more specifically with geckos. And maybe you could tell us a little bit about uh, some of your accomplishments along the way.
7: Well, I'd be happy to. Awesome. Are you there? I'm here.
4: (laughs) Okay. Anytime you want to start
7: (laughs) Okay. So, well, well um,
4: I mean, there's there's always the standard um, you know, the the cliché, you know, how long have you been doing this and what got you started.
1: Yeah. Well,
4: um, you know, although that's very interesting and I think that people uh need to know and I and I'm hoping that can come up in our conversation tonight, but I I would like you to talk about yourself and I know you're not you're you're not accustomed to doing that a lot Um, and so I I think that (laughs) if you if you could you know if you could get to know if if people could get to know you as uh, you know an extremely uh, influential leader in in her pediculture what what would you want them to know about you Julie
7: well, that I share with them a passion for the the hobby slash business, and um, you know, they're getting the getting the proper care information for the animals out there is, is the, the number one priority, and so everyone can have fun and, and have a good time. So it's all about networking and sharing information.
4: I couldn't agree more. I couldn't yeah. agree more.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So yeah. that's, so vouching for you, and I think that's one of the reasons that you and I ha- um, were kind of aligned, we were aligned uh, with the way we thought and felt and our ethics and things like that. And I think when people have similar values, it, you kind of are drawn to each other.
3: Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. I
4: also want to say... Uh, to those that are listening, that you guys think I've been around for a while, well, guess what? Julie's been around s- several more years than I've been around as a pioneer, and and not being sexist, but as also as a woman in her pediculture. Uh, and how do, how has that affected me personally? Well, I've had a I've had a life, I've developed a lifetime friendship with Julie, but my first experience with her, and you're going to laugh, Julie, because I always bring this up. <laughs>
8: <already> Julie <laughs>
4: Julie taught me Marsha McGinnis from Golden Gate Geckos. Julie is the one that taught me how to sex a leopard gecko. <laughs> 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 that's
3: great
4: I know, I know You might think I was born knowing that But that's not true Julie knew a lot more than I did Before I even got my first geckos So um, And has been a, a wonderful resource Of information And passion and love For these animals So so Julie,
1: was Marsha Was Marsha one of those pain in the butt Newbies asking all kinds of crazy questions And bothering you 24-7
7: <laughs> No No not at all She was really fun to to deal I'm with joking, and She was course. so cute And enthusiastic when she came With the, the cage of, of uh, Leopard geckos And I, uh, I go Oh some nice girls you have there <laughs> and she thought, I she hadn't should, even she, taken she them out of their
4: Keeper yet And she knew they were female
3: yeah.
7: Yeah, it was it was really cute. We had we had a nice laugh. We continued to laugh about it how many years later. <laughs> what?
4: well, 19 years, you know. Yeah. Since yeah. 1994, or 95, we were I think we we're close to 10 years. That might have been about 10 years ago, I think. I don't know. It was at the Cow Palace in San Francisco.
7: Right, right. And and uh, yeah, it was the start of a beautiful friendship and and I'm I'm just so appreciative of that and and we've taught each other a lot.
4: Yes, we have.
7: And well, and I think I that what makes
4: listen. you special, too, Julie, is that that you 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 believe in sharing sharing information.
7: Absolutely. Why,
4: why do you think that that's important?
7: So the animals uh, benefit and thrive, you know, in captive situations. And if they if they do that, then everybody everybody has a good time you know if if you don't get the proper information how how are the animals going to thrive and you're not going to have a good time because you're going to be trying to figure out you know what the heck you're doing wrong and be puzzled so uh you know i don't want people to make all the mistakes that i did before there were books and you know there are basically only a few uh interesting scientific articles that dealt with gecko husbandry as a side like the first article I ever came across was a, a leopard gecko husbandry article written by some cancer researchers because they used the leopard gecko for cancer research because their skin was similar to human skin, and uh, so they were used. And they said, well, this is how you set them up and this is how you keep them and <laughs> stuff like that, and there there was only a few uh, rudimentary books at the time mm-hmm. out so, and certainly, so that, certainly, no
4: internet imp- influence.
7: Oh yeah, no, no, no. And the, uh, you know, I would be scraping the calcium off the cuddle bone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that was how they got their calcium. You know, back in those days. You know, and uh, so yeah, nowadays it's so much easier and so much much better and there's books and you know i have to you know say pitch a word out to uh my some of my mentors my main mentor was sean McEwen, who was a curator at the fresno uh chafee zoological gardens and uh along with ron trumper coincidentally who was, I was also gonna say didn't there. he didn't he succeed ron <laughs> trumper yes in yes. that position so, yeah right so Sean, you know, kind of adopted me and, and uh, you know, showed me how to get all this great, you know, care info. And um, I called him up when he was working there because I wanted to learn about the day geckos, you know. <laughs> so he's like, hmm, eh, this kid, you know, hmm. <laughs> so he didn't know I was serious. So I could see myself turning into him a little bit. I was like, hmm, is this, is this, are they serious? Hmm. You know?
3: <laughs> <laughs> so
4: so how many uh different species uh do you do you work with, Julie? I mean uh I would say the majority of people that listen in on this program, I mean, um, have you know more than one gecko species that they keep or work with, uh, primarily being um, you know crested, leopards, fat tails, and some falsuma species. But um, you know I've I've been a guest at your gecko ranch. I've been a guest at your home for entire weekends and um, um, coming into your coming going into the gecko ranch and seeing what you have or ha- it was better than going to Disneyland. For me, yeah, so, yeah I,
7: I I thought so too. You know, I remember, the, you know, the first shows I I went to. I thought, well, you know, Disneyland sucks compared to this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah I've been so, back there ever so, since.
4: <laughs> so what perc- What percentage of the, uh, you know, the geckos that you work with and breed are leopard geckos compared to other species? You know, if we can get like a ratio, kind of a thing, or a numbers kind of a thing just to give just to give our listeners the idea on how vast your collection is and along with that how vast your knowledge is of of all of these different species who have completely different you know indigenous care and food and husbandry and uh, uh, environmental conditions and everything <laughs>
7: Right, right. So leopard geckos are probably, oh, probably about 30% of what I do. So, uh, yeah, so the other components of the collection would be, you know, arboreal species such as the day geckos, like you're talking about. And that's that's my number one, you know, uh, priority and, and love of geckos. Is I was going to say, that's your heart, isn't it? Yeah, this I love the Felsuma. you know. That's why I called John McEwen cuz he had been to Madagascar and collected them and seen them up close and uh uh I also get a good deal of information from people who have, other people who have been there and uh a friend uh Emmanuel Van Hagen, uh a wonderful collector and uh, head man at Exoterra has been to every island that has had Felsuma on it and we have had extensive conversations about you know, the husbandry of Felsuma and their specific environmental conditions. Envi- yeah, I was going
4: to say environmental in the field, right? Mm-hmm.
7: Right, and that's been super important to, to people that collect but haven't been to the, you know, the natural habitat. So you really, really value that situation, that that information, you know. So um, that that has helped a lot with the... You know all the geckos I keep, and I try I try and keep in touch through the network with people who have actually been there, you know, been to the environments and stuff. Um, so that that is indeed really really a, a tenet of the of the uh, what I do and how I do it. And that was a nice thing about the Global Gecko Association while it existed, because there was authors there that had been to those places and. You know, so it's like getting it right from the horse's mouth. Oh, a wonderful
4: resource from around the world of indigenous ge- gecko species—unbelievable!
7: Yeah,
3: resource.
4: Yeah. You can
7: still, you can still purchase the 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 journals. You know, from from the DGA, the back issues and stuff, which there's, you know, should look through and, you know, see see what the heck is there. But you know, it's, you know, so any any place you can get information is good. You know. So the forums and now <laughs> but uh yeah it's uh it's a shame that the the d g a you know uh no longer exists really you know yeah Because um, that what was a wonderful resource it's it wasn't supported you know um cost of public publishing you know journals went up and and people just didn't you know they didn't want to uh You know, support any price increases. So of the, you know, membership costs. So Mm. that was that. (laughs) That was basically it. Well, uh, there was mm. also
4: some internal, uh,
7: um, you know, resistance
4: and stuff because you know we all tend to be stuck in our ways and somehow some ways we think, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it.
3: Right, right um, and
4: then you know some people are really reluctant to you know bring on new ideas, new fresh ideas on how to promote things or how to present things and you know and that kind of thing and so you know and it's a shame because uh you're right i I mean what a fantastic resource
7: indeed indeed so well, so people have to rely on the senior senior people now you know that that are are available on social media and and uh, you know if you if you go through breeders you know like myself or yourself you know talk to people at length you know uh, make sure they also get the proper reading materials
4: yeah yeah i think that's really really critical
7: yeah, I mean, you need to do as many, as many as many sources as you can get. You know, the breeder, the books, the forums, you know, <laughs> all that stuff.
4: Yeah, but keep in mind, just because you read it on the internet doesn't make it gospel. But oh, but,
7: yeah, oh, definitely. but <laughs> still,
4: it, it it still gives people uh, the ability to make uh, y- you know informed decisions and come up with their own. Um, extra if you can glean x amount of you know truth or validity out of everything that you study, then you 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 will have a very good foundation at that point.
7: Yes, yes, so, yeah, definitely. You know, just you know, put your heart into it, and and uh, it'll it'll be fine. <laughs> hey, Julie, some of the I'm really interested in
1: a lot of the history with leopard geckos in particular. And when you were coming into it, um, what was available back then, and what were you working on? What were some of the projects you were <laughs> evolving, so to speak? What was the big thing back well, then?
7: Well, the big the big thing was um, any sort of, like, oddball pattern, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think we were just starting to get jungles. Uh, when I went to look at uh, Ron Tremper's collection in uh, – in Texas um during the international herpetological society um which is also a wonderful organization by the way, if you want to get some first hand education, you know try to attend the conferences there all over the all was over that the was area. that with
4: the one in Dallas or uh Austin
7: that was the one in uh San Antonio
4: oh san antonio okay okay
7: and uh where, where Ron is near his facility's mm-hmm. near, yeah. of course, I had to go there. <laughs> Uh, and, cause, you know, because Ron was, you know, I knew Ron from California anyway and, um, you know, just was dying to see his new facility out there, the 7,000 square foot, you know, Disneyland of leopard geckos, basically. <laughs> so right. went out there to see him and um, he taught me how to look at them, you know, what to look for, for sharp color patterns and contrasts and stuff like that. And, uh, we've picked out oh probably probably around eight or nine animals, maybe more um that we thought would be good good for my projects and from these animals came uh really large leopard geckos, <laughs> which uh he says you know uh, this group nine that I have. Yeah, you know, I give them these group number names most of the time. But this group nine, you know, kind of normal looking, but nice normal looking, um, produced really large uh, geckos. Because Ron kept coming over to the t- table at the shows and said, "Hey, you know, no, that that group, I'm sure that's where the giants came from. You know, from from those. You know, they're they definitely have have the look. You know, and I was like, okay, cool, and they are big." <laughs> And the, then then there was uh, the, some of the morph names I came up with for some of the things that came out of the eyeball, you know, marking stuff that I got from him was like the circle back because it had a circle on the back, and there was a saddle back because there saddle right? I was gonna say saddle
4: back right
7: saddle back right right, and uh, then there was the. Uh, Let's see what was there's another name I came up with too I'm trying to think of but the, those the circle back and the salaback were ones I came up with but you know it just describes what it is <laughs> nothing fancy nothing fancy there but
4: but they um, did but they did re- they were reproducible
7: oh yeah Mhm. yeah yeah so they was not it wasn't
4: like it was just a random mutation that popped oh, out of these animals I mean this was right? this was a real uh, Aberrant, a uh, real genetic aberrancy.
7: Mm-hmm. And it was as far consistent. as pattern goes. Yeah, yeah. And then from from there, then the jungles, you know, started getting, you know, really nice. And um, I I'm still interested. I still work with the jungles, and and I've got the uh, I've got a bandit, a new uh, bandit male this season. I'm growing up. <laughs> To breed with some of these that that I've been breeding throughout the years, you know, from Ron's genes. So most of my leopard geckos have Ron's genes, you know, plus some of yours and Marsha's and um, uh, some some people that aren't around anymore uh, that produced uh, uh, tangerines and uh, carrot tails. So you you have some of those
1: really old lines then too, I would gather, right?
7: Yeah. Yeah,
3: classic and, uh, in
7: the, yeah, classic guys. Yeah, and I, I have classics.
3: Classics, I,
4: <laughs> I have.
7: What I I really like the way the normal look, uh, and I have some that come out really nice. You know, that just they're they're usually really big, and they they just have that nice wild look about them. That uh, people really really like, you know, mm-hmm. kind of back to the basics kind of stuff. But I I like it, you know. And well, I Julie, it there around. is a tra-
4: there is a there there is a trend now. I mean, of going back to basics. You know, oh, for so many good. years we spent as breeders trying to breed the pattern out of our geckos. Mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm. Um.
4: And, of course, I think one of the people that you're, you were, you know, that you may be talking about was like Ray Hine in, in the U.K. who um, wound up, uh, he's, he is the cre- actual creator of the quote-unquote carrot tail. Now, mm-hmm. for all of you new people out there, Julie and I, uh, back in those days, a carrot tail was a completely separate morph than a tangerine. Mm-hmm, hmm Uh, As a matter of fact, they were kind of a pale, pasty, yellowish, kind of a ghost-looking body color, but they just had incredible orange tails. Um, (laughs) And then, of course, morph-making started, and we came up with the Super Hypo Tangerine, which didn't really have much carrot tail influence. And then the combination of those two, uh, uh, some people would claim that they were genetic. Well, they are genetic, but lime bread versus um, selected bread, um, who knows. But And like you said, Julie, it, it, there's a lot of people who contributed in tremendous ways to today's uh, leopard gecko, you know, keeping or breeding. Um, mm-hmm. that may not even be heard of because they're, they're that's gone. That's
1: fascinating to me. Yeah, and you know, that's a you know, Julie and Marcia, both of you, this is for both of you. Have you ever thought about uh, collaborating, um, not with just each other, but also other people from, from the past? I think Ron would be excellent. And to try to construct some kind of written history of all this stuff. I mean, when I hear about what you just talked about. It may not interest everyone, but to someone like me that is really interested in morph making especially, you know, this information is, is like gold to me. Like, just to hear about how, you know, the, the carrot tail was separate from the tangerine. I mean, that's so cool. Oh, yeah.
4: It was it was a completely separate entity. Yeah.
1: Did you ever think about what, collaborating and writing
3: something, perhaps?
4: Julie and I have co- talked a <laughs> lot about co- collaborating on several things and and i think that we're the you know the, the road to the, the you know you know the road to success is full of all kinds of distractions
3: well, yes,
4: that's
3: true that's true that's true but, but i it, think
4: it's important because
3: um you know and this good. show
4: isn't about me it's about julie but i think it it, it what i'm trying to say is that it, it that it's very pertinent and it 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 does correlate that some of us, quote, unquote, um, they call us the, what do they call us? The old school, old school. Oh, they're old school breeders. Oh, they're old school morphs. <laughs> um, and, and I'm like, well, what the heck's wrong with being old school?
3: What's wrong Nothing. with that? Nothing. So
4: Nothing. what Not I cool. wanted to do was get away from the old school mentality And rebrand these animals as classic morphs.
7: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
4: The classics. uh... (laughs) Exactly.
1: This history is going to get lost. Everything data passes by. You know, we forget a little bit. Um, You know, and and I I am one of those people that believe that leopard geckos are going to be huge in the future. It's
3: going to be. I mean, it's
1: big
4: now, but it's going to be a huge thing someday. It may yeah, I think they'll be just totally mainstream, after. yeah.
1: Right, exactly, exactly. Leopard geckos are going to be that thing that makes herpetoculture mainstream one day. So this history is important to the future, and it needs to be documented somehow. And, you know, you guys, you you ladies, are some of the people that need to do that. Even if it's just you write down your own experiences and type it up into some form of, you know, essay or something. Um, it's valuable information. You know. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, are you going to do it, or are you just going to forget it? you even mentioned it.
3: <laughs> we'll discuss it. Yeah. Oh, well, I want. Good. I want to
1: hear. I want to hear, Dave. That's an excellent idea. We're going to start. Going to Go to work on that right away.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, Dave! If I had your energy. <laughs>
1: well, I know. I wish I had I wish I had the energy I had ten years ago to tell you that much. But well, not so But good. I think um, I think you know, liter- no,
4: I do think uh the history of leopard geckos in captivity is an extremely important
3: yes.
4: uh topic. And yes, Julie and really I is. Julie and I have an appreciation a deep appreciation. Call it nostalgia. I don't care what you call it, is it. Nostalgia. Call it anything but old school. Um to appreciate these animals. Um there is another breeder, uh, a husband and wife team in Louisiana, which is K uh, Kevin and Nicole Ellister. Uh they're in they they have they still have some of the original uh david Nieves' uh lines of tangerines mm-hmm. they still have uh the original ghost uh and rainbow uh morphs that w- uh, the ghosts came from david or from me uh from from uh, Miss, you know mr hine in the in the u k and stuff because they also f- believe that these you know incredible creatures who have been used to create the mutts that we have now and that's what we have is a bunch of mutts don't get me wrong mutts make excellent pets and,
3: they're and they can be
4: yeah oh yeah oh so i'm not yeah. putting down i'm not i'm not in any way uh i know that sounded pretty harsh i didn't mean to do for it to come across like that but but i mean
1: well, they're not, they're mutts in a sense, but they're also, you know, finely, selectively bred over many generations, too, so, you know, Right, they yeah. They are, right. you know, there is a lot of work that went into them. Um, ladies, so, i got to take a so quick break here. We've got to play a sponsor plug, and i time um, you know? come right back.
3: Uh-huh. And
1: we'll continue, we'll be and continue here. in just a second. All right. Okay. Hang tight, folks. Check out these awesome, amazing sponsors. I love each one of them. Gecko Nation Radio is a David's Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook <laughs> called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. Gecko Nation Radio is sponsored by Ron Tremper is the biggest contributor to leopard gecko morph making. Known worldwide for his amazing examples of living art, you can now download his Leopard Gecko Care app his morph encyclopedia app called Lepergecko gecko pro and visit his site lepergecko.com to see where morphs are made giantlepergecko.com specializes in giant and supergiant geckos, with a focus on selectively bred exceptional lines of many different morph combinations including high-end african fat tails and crested geckos with over 17 years of experience in herpeticulture, keith kiggins brings you quality integrity and value Check out giantlepergecko.com on the web and on Facebook. Reptiles Express is the absolute best live animal shipping company with great low rates. Debbie is the queen of customer service and will make sure your precious cargo gets to where it needs to. They also have a wide array of shipping supplies from deli cups, snake bags, heat packs, and more. Visit ReptilesExpress.com and become a member today. And if you're looking for quality food for your dubia roaches, crickets, mealworms, and superworms, look no further than MS2 Premium Insect Chow. Made with reptiles in mind, it contains no dog food, cat food, or chicken mash. Using only vegetable proteins and high-quality ingredients, MS2 Premium Insect Chow will have your feeders making a beeline for it. Contact ms2ent.weebly.com or... It can also be purchased at Rainbow Mealworms and AB Dragons. Dragons ABDragons.com is your source for the highest quality dubia roaches. Whether you're starting a colony of your own or just need feeders for your insect-eating herps, ABDragons.com can't be beat in quality or price. They are also a huge distributor of FlexWatt reptile heat tape and have very competitive pricing. Check out ABDragons.com online and on Facebook. And speaking of AB Dragons, folks, I'd like to remind everybody that AB Dragons has a standard discount of 5% off for Gecko Nation Radio and Gecko Nation uh, followers. The discount code is GECKO, all in caps, and you, you know use that at checkout when you buy your Dubia Roaches and your Flex Bot, Okay? It's called GECKO, 5% off with AB Dragons. Also, I'd like to remind everyone uh, to check out Herpentine Radio. If you guys like A diverse uh, range of different herpetological or herpetocultural type topics and breeders and discussions. Check out um, Herpentime. Justin and JD are on every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Okay, and uh, we're back with Miss Julie, Mrs. Julie Bergman, or Miss Julie Bergman and Marcia McGinnis, Golden Gate Geckos. And uh, ladies, uh, Julie, before we jump back into more of the conversation, I'd like to. You were talking a little bit about giants in the first half, and uh, today there's not controversy, but there's some differences of opinion about the giant gene and exactly how it works. Like, for instance, uh, some breeders think that it may be a recessive gene, while others uh, believe it's a co-dominant gene. And then other people think it's a line trait. tree. In your experience, going back you know, as long as you have been working with them, what do you think is going on with the giant gene?
7: Wow. Yeah. I. I don't. I don't know. I have been following the genetics on on that, so I couldn't speculate. But I do. I do see. I don't line breed mine, but I do see the bloodlines keeping keeping true. So.
1: Okay. So giant you know. giant just keeps giving giving you more giants. You mean? is that what you're seeing?
7: Yeah. That's. Yeah. It's usually what I see. You know, as far as those guys go. You know, from what the ones about, I have from Ron Trimmer. Yeah. Okay. All
1: right. Have you ever bred a giant to a non giant? That wasn't
7: from Ron's lines? No. No, just, just have no? My, mine from Ron's here. So Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh,
7: the the, only other, think, well, the only ahead. other big geckos I have that, you know sometimes you know, I get big ones of, of uh some of the carrot tails. <laughs> You know, I still have some of those leftover guys, you know, from those days, and uh, they, you know, sometimes they, that was uh, a recessive, you know, trait. The carrot tail would be, you know, so they you get a normal, and then the normal would a normal produce a carrot tail, and uh, very interesting. And but yeah, they were they were big too. So I should probably breed those together. I probably have. I should look at <laughs> look at and see. If I've done that,
4: if I but, if I uh, recall, those were not necessarily big in bulk as much as they were long.
7: Oh yes, they were long. They yeah. were long. Yeah, they, long. It, it wasn't that they were just
4: big hunking hulks; they were long.
7: Yeah, I, had, we're, I had one. I had one uh, carrot tail that was just a monster. He was big and long, but but mm-hmm. wasn't a word that long. Like you're saying, yeah.
4: Mhm. How much do you think he help? weighed, or how long do you think he was?
7: Ooh, boy, um, boy. Yeah, he he was, you know, probably probably around eleven, twelve inches, maybe.
4: Yeah, yeah.
7: And uh, his head was just huge, you know, like. <laughs> <somebody's> <laughs> Some of these uh, for people you know, tuning in that, just now we're talking about leopard
1: geckos by the way. Just so you
7: know, just to clear <laughs> it up. <laughs> the some of the, the ones I have now are uh you know really you know, they have big heads too like that.
4: Especially the males.
7: Yes. Yes, I'm talking. Yeah, definitely yeah. the males. The males are just they're real hulky.
4: Well, you know, I've got some big guys here. I mean, we're talking 11 inches and over 100 grams. They're just yeah. big. But they are not yeah. giant, and they don't have any giant influence uh, as far as the, the claimed, gen, you know, the, the giant genetics. I do have a giant Max Snow Raptor male. Um, that is twelve and a half, almost thirteen inches long, and is in the hundred and thirty gram range. One hundred twenty-eight.
7: Like you, th- you and I, Marcia, we've talked about um, the that we we noticed that leopard geckos are just getting bigger. They are, uh, and you know, just cause, just like you know, humans are getting bigger and taller as the generations go on. Well, uh, we I think, think it, what that. do you think
4: it has to do with, Julie? Do you think it's environmental or diet or a combination of the two? Are there, or, we're, or we're just that far removed from the original, you know, the original, um, you know, stock, if you want to call it that, that came from the Middle East. Um, you know, what, what do you think is, is the contributing factor for us just to be growing bigger geckos?
7: Well, I think there's a lot of potential, you know, real contributing factors, and that would be the uh, the uh, nutrition mm-hmm. and the supplementation has gotten better. You know, the husbandry throughout the years has gotten better, and people also tend to eyeball uh, bigger geckos. You know, they tend to go, oh, I, I want the big one. <laughs> mm,
4: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, Julie. It's true.
7: They're not fighting for
1: survival anymore, either. They're not, like, starving, borderline starving in nature, you know, trying to find the next meal. So maybe well,
4: that's Well, you know, a friend it. of ours, Car- uh, a friend of Julie and I, uh, he's also an author uh, in Germany, uh, Karsten Greisheimer, um, mm-hmm. got time to go out into leopard gecko territory and do field studies which, by the way, is very difficult to do now since we're at war with the majority of the nations that, you know, leopard geckos are indigenous to. <laughs> yeah, know? it's crazy. I lose your but, on that. Um, and I also have been in touch with several troops that are out there uh, who have been kind enough to send me photos, not only of wild specimens that they see, visually see but the, what I'm interested in as well is the terrain. You know, what are yeah. the what are the uh natural indigenous conditions in which they live. Um and i just it's just fascinating. But you know what? The the ones in the wild
7: they they look really ratty.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
7: They you think, don't have a, a waiter with a, a plate full of mealworms coming at them every
4: day. <laughs> exactly. They don't go up and belly up to the mealworm bowl, rest their head on it, and eat. These guys really have to, you know, <laughs> they have to, they have to play for their supper. You know, they, they really do. Uh, the majority of pictures I've seen are all, you know, really ratty looking. Um, in in some cases they have shed issues. In some cases, uh, the in more than half the cases they have regenerated tails.
3: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm.
4: Our, Julie, do you think that we're getting that far away from the leopard gecko and its natural environment to actually have a, a, you know a, a species a species here that? Um, is spoiled or weak, or is uh, you know in any way? I mean, granted, you can't take a, a, a quote unquote domesticated animal and put them back in the Hindu Kush and expect them to you know survive. Right, but, right. I
7: do, I think I I do think that's true. You know, I I do think that that they are getting uh, uh, well in a way. We're making them stronger and bigger. But in another way, you know, they're losing some of their their uh, protections against uh, disease and stuff like that, mm-hmm, I believe, mm-hmm. from the breeding process. You think it's this stress? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I do. And, you know, I definitely have seen that, you know, in the uh, – what do they call them, the leucistics now? They call them something else? <laughs> no, well,
4: they're Murphy Patternless. They're, they are not a true leucistic, so.
7: So if there was a problem, they seem to be the ones that got it first.
4: Right, right.
7: Well, the Murphy Patternless,
4: or um, in, in you know uh, uh, incorrectly dubbed as leucistics, because they are not a leucistic, uh, the Murphy right. Patternless um, are found in the wild.
7: That's interesting, yeah. That's interesting.
4: Yeah, they They're are found in the wild. An really? albino. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a whole. Go, uh, uh, this isn't my show, but um, the uh, several universities in, in Russia have
2: had the opportunity to
4: go out and do a lot of field studies, uh, especially on Eublepharis macularius. Uh, and subspe- species and subspecies, uh, uh, and no, um, Murphy patternless is a simple recessive trait that is found in the wild, hmm. gotcha. but so far not a blizzard and so far not an albino.
7: Yeah, it's, it's curious, though, that, you know, they seem to get the short end of the stick, at least, you know, I no longer keep them, kind of for that reason, because they seem to not take things well, stress out easily. The but they're, yeah. Yeah. So, but any, yeah, it, it, regardless, they, you know, I do think that the inbreeding is the, the culprit.
4: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, you ladies feel like taking a few phone calls? We have some people on the line. Julie, feel like sure. talking to the masses.
3: <laughs>
4: Go for it. All right, let's
1: take, uh, let's see, the first caller uh, from the 432 area code. You are live on Gecko Nation Radio.
3: Hi,
2: Dave, Marcia, Julie. How are you guys doing this evening? Hi, up, who's Darryl? Darryl? This is Daryl, yeah.
3: Hey, Daryl.
2: How's your other I brother, Daryl? I've enjoyed Darryl? listening to y'all. Some, hey, yeah, there you go, my other brother, Daryl. <laughs> I've enjoyed listening to y'all tonight, and... Uh, you know, I think you can attest the uh, the nature of the leopard geckos in the captivity today as being domesticated. They're not; they're no longer anywhere near their wild populations. That's mm. my take on it. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, do that, you think, that
4: makes sense. Hey, do yeah. you think it's possible to to domesticate a uh, reptile? Absolutely. Why not? Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not poking you with a stick here, Joe. No, I'm just saying.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we,
2: we've, we've domesticated everything in life, from chickens, dogs, cats, horses, cattle, birds, humans. Yeah,
4: you name yeah, it. Yeah,
2: I mean, we, you, you breed them in captivity long enough, and you selectively breed them in captivity, and then they're no longer what you started with, why they carry some of the traits. Of you have changed them.
1: Any of them today we have in our collections would likely never fare well in, in nature if
4: we were to just no. Them you, you, Absolutely no well. There's no doubt about it.
7: Yeah. What do you Eight, think? Right. Really? Yeah, so I mean I I think that's true.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Oh sure. Know, I mean, a good you, point. You, you can do it in a relatively short period of time when you're dealing with a narrow genetic start to begin with.
4: Are, you mean a narrow you know, genetic?
2: I mean, are you talking? Do you
4: do? You, are you referring to like a shallow gene pool? Absolutely.
2: Okay. Yeah. You yeah, know, you yeah, look at yeah, everything okay. started from a very very shallow gene pool is a good way to put it. You know, but very few animals. And you know, compared to what's in nature, I mean. So you're everything is generated out of a shallow gene pool, and then you have then in turn. Uh, narrowed it down more, picking out the stuff that you like, or the breeder, you know, whatever they're looking for or going for, and so you narrow it down even further. And so now you have animals that—that's why they're bigger, that's why they're prettier, you know. Every, you know, everybody's breeding for color and, you know, and, and size. You're right. I mean, it, it goes into people like big, so they they hang on to those, and that's what they used to breed with, whether it has giant in it or not. Mm-hmm. I mean you yeah. look at look at humans you can get giants that come out of, you know, totally normal parents. It's just a mutation. So you get one that props out into your collection and you keep it while you have no giant influence, so to speak. Now you do. It's just a new giant influence.
7: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I I agree and I I also think, you know, just, you know, go off the track a little bit here is, you know, when we talk about their natural environment and stuff, you know, they have lost some flora in their gut, no doubt, you know, from being bred selectively for so long. And, you know, the the days, there used to be uh, plenty of wild cots coming in. You know, back in the old days, you know, when I first started in the, the 80s and 90s, they were coming in pretty good. Mm-hmm. Now, nowadays, I understand, sure. not so much.
2: Well,
4: it's well, almost but, impossible. But Even the back
7: then you had so yeah.
2: many coming in, look at how many of them probably didn't make it. You know, oh, yeah. part, back in those days, back in those days, you were lucky if 10 or 20% of the stuff coming in made it.
3: Yeah. And that and yeah. that still
4: applies. I'm going to throw this in. That still applies for uh the loads and loads of African fat tails that Absolutely. are shipped, in, it shipped into the United States in boxes where these animals are
2: literally on top of each other.
7: Oh yeah. Oh, and uh, really I know.
2: I mean, they're collected. They're collected in the wild, and they're held for days and weeks, and then they ship. You know, I mean, most of some of them have may have been in captivity for six months before
7: you ever get them. hmm Exactly. But you know, a lot of uh, supplement people are looking at uh, probiotics for them, and that's interesting because you know if we can help uh, get more you know, strengthen them somehow or try and, try and get some of that stuff that was found in their guts in the wild, you know, maybe we could help them out. Well, Julie,
4: I mean, I'm sure I know that you agree that in the wild um, leopard geckos in general, I mean all, all reptiles in general, have a subclinical level of a whole heck of a lot of parasitic or otherwise quote-unquote harmful bacteria uh, or organisms in their body, but they do not pose yeah. any clinical problem because right. they, it's, it, it's a natural thing. Uh, they, it, it keeps them in check. Everything's fine. But the, the stress of being captured, um, you know, shipped, kept in captivity, and even the, uh, you, the, the stress of breeding – the stress of shipping, all of those things can lower the lower the um you know, the resistance the you know, the actual resistance that these animals have that keep this stuff at bay and cause them to start growing uh these you know, these um organisms to grow, especially the gut flora and even gut fauna. I mean we're talking gut fauna as far as you know, worms and things like that that um, you know start growing dis- in, in a disproportionate way and become a clinical problem for the animal at that point.
7: Right, right. So I, I was thinking that you know that's one one way that we could we could help them because they are missing out on this stuff that they used they used to have in their guts and they they had no problems living with these these organisms how
4: do we how do we find out what that what that level is or how, how well, do we at least
7: someone's got to go to the natural environment like uh yeah. admire uh mm-hmm. Elmer because he did that with the New Caledonian uh geckos you know the he he was when he studied the uh New Caledonians uh like the crested and the lychees and stuff he looked at their poop and and that's how they, he made the food is he based it on what he found in their poop?
2: In the wild. In the wild, or in captivity?
7: In the wild. So, okay. When you so say in looked, the wild,
2: I mean he was physically
7: collecting was in the animals in, in nature,
2: not not collecting the animals and keeping them in captivity till they poop. But he's right, no, actually no, collecting the wild, in like the wild.
7: Samples, yeah.
2: Okay. But
7: see, Lots we don't have. That. That.
3: Here's, yeah,
2: here's my point. There's a lot of things that we don't know. You know, you start talking about gut issues. There's and and you know, there's a lot of things that we don't know that that may be hampering them in the wild as well. And we don't even. Oh know. yeah. A lot. That, of, that's my uh, point. I mean,
7: a lot of people. Most that of these animals
2: are, are not very long lived in the wild, like we right. like we keep them in captivity. Ah, I mean, right. their life
7: aren't as long. Yeah. yeah
2: I bet I bet a leopard gecko's life expectancy is less than a year on average. You think a year? Oh, now, I I, I don't know.
4: I, I would I think say longer three, than that. I would <laughs> say three to five. I, I could argue three to five. But, that, again,
2: that's just a uh, I'm, – Yeah, I'm just talking – well, you look at it, for example. If you take a female that breeds in the wild, and they probably don't breed every year, and let's say she throws ten eggs, you know, I mean, I guarantee you, if one of those or two of those make it to adulthood, you're doing good. That's my point. Once they get to adulthood, they probably live for several years, but getting there is the issue. Yeah. But well, That,
7: yeah. that, that, that explains their little their uh, little, Ehh! you know, when you when they hatch out, <laughs> <There's something laughs> that well, yeah.
2: I mean, but there's several issues. I mean, a they're they're being you know. Predated on by everything bigger mm-hmm. than they are, mm-hmm. and then trying to find something to eat is probably right. not the simplest task in a, a baby. And, and I think that's why they grow so fast in captivity because <laughs> they have plenty of food. You know, oh, and I yeah. mean, they will grow. I mean, if you're feeding them, it's amazing to me how fast oh, they grow. I go. don't, I, I don't. I'm sorry, I don't know how many people have, have, have
4: worked with or raised Aussie species. But the, the leopard gecko, hands down, those offspring, like, they exponentially grow.
2: Yeah, exactly. Okay,
4: where, I, I mean, for example, my uh, nephorus or my underwoodosaurus milli can take up to eight to ten months to even accurately sex because it takes them so long to develop. But, again, right. that's a different species. But, but the thing is that, you know, what we're doing here is we are not even close to replicating the leopard gecko's natural environment, which nope. also in- includes their, their, their food source. We can, come, we can come close, but you know what? There are not crickets or mealworms in Afghanistan or in the Hindu Kush or in the Zagros Mountains. There, the, the
2: crickets don't, there's locust. Right. There's uh, plenty of locusts. Well, I, I, unless you're keeping the, the wild types, I, I think that's kind of a moot point to to try to keep them like they are in, in the wild because they are no longer a wild species. They are, not well, you had- know what, you're right.
4: You're right. That's my point.
2: We cannot compare. We're doing it exactly. Thank you. We cannot
4: compare our animals in captivity versus you know wild type or wild caught animals that are imported usually through Europe because we cannot directly import them because of you know national security embargoes and things like that. Right. But you got to think. Okay, in the wild, they eat the bugs that eat the plants that grow in the soil that provide this perfect natural circle of of you know not only food but supplementation. Mhm. You
5: see what so I'm they saying? Pre-
7: they grab at the dirt, you know. When there's something wrong with them, they grab at the dirt. And the theory is that they are trying to get something that was in the ground where they from. They're from. Well, if they're Absolutely. deficient, if they're deficient.
4: But mm-hmm. normally, if, the plants that grow in this in this soil that is primarily limestone and granite, uh, you know, limestone is very high in uh, shell shell-type uh, 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 calcium, okay? Mm-hmm. So then there's insects that eat those plants that are indigenous, and then the leopard geckos eat those, you know, bugs that eat the plants that are growing in the indigenous soil. And the green grass what? grows all around, all around, and the green grass grows all around. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, but but we, we, we cannot really replicate um, well, I have a
7: experience with uh, a Ublefford gecko, who was uh, directly imported of uh, the, the Coleonyx elegans, uh, which is a South American gecko. Right.
4: right. And And uh,
7: I got some wild cots from this Croatian guy at the San Diego Herba Show way back, you know, in the '90s some sometime. And uh, I M- tried feeding them mealworm. I tried feeding them crickets. They just stared at everything. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I, here, I, I tried the main, two main dietary staples here, and they just, they don't, they're not interested. Not at all. So I'm like, okay. So I, I got the bright idea to get some, uh, some wax worms. <laughs> And, boy, their eyes got, like, cartoon big when I got those things out. <laughs> right. And once they started eating those, then I, I shifted them to mealworms and crickets after that. Right. So your your and, goal then was
4: to stimulate the feeding response.
7: Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, they can't these They're too sugary. You know, they can't. They're, you know, they can't just eat the, the wax worms, so let's see what else they, they can yeah, eat. That's those. like a diet of Baskin
4: Robbins. Yeah, <laughs> that was terrible, but that, so there must be
7: a grub or something in their environment. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Interesting. All right, well, let's see. Uh, I don't know,
3: Daryl, I'm going to
4: grab another call. That's some. That was some good, good conversation, what, yeah. guys. Good conversation, yeah. Daryl. Like, really? Uh, Y'all Darryl, hang in there. I'll uh, keep
2: all right. listening. Alright, take Darryl. care.
4: Bye bye.
1: Daryl knows his stuff. He's uh with yes, he a, a biology degree and everything. He's a smart guy. Um all right, let's go ahead and grab this next caller. Caller from the let's see, six four six area code. You are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hello guys, this is Hector. I have a question for
4: Marcy uh for Marcia and Julie. When you guys started okay. wh- what were some of the feeders that you guys used? You know did you guys experiment with any feeders that didn't work for you guys or was it just mealworms and crickets from the beginning and you know what what, what were your experiences with roaches early on in the 90s I'll when let you, you started go with this you guys no, Sure,
7: sure. sure. <laughs> Well, I always like to feed, you know, try whatever I can get my hands on because I think variety is important. So you need to, like, sift around the, the food as much as you can, um, you know, so they get a little break in the routine. So, and uh, the other key is not to feed them every day, you know, to let them get hungry too. A lot of people don't do that. And they go, my leopard gecko won't eat. And uh, this 80-gram gecko, <laughs> I go, your gecko's not starving. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you get those calls and
4: emails too? Oh, yeah. I know. I know. I'm just being, I'm being facetious here. The food
7: tray, the food tray you know, the, the constant food tray. So, um anyway I started mealworms were the first suggestion in the, the paper that I read about the cancer research, you know, how they took care of the leopard geckos used for their research. They used mealworms. So I used mealworms and then I read something, you know, that said crickets were better and so I did crickets and and uh, you know, kinda like their weight gains better with the mealworms. Mealworms, and, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, um, sometimes I like to do them superworms just to give them a change of pace, and that's a big piece of meat, you know, for them. So that's kind of how, and I didn't do, my setups aren't conducive to roaches uh, that I have leopard geckos in, you know, um, so I don't have a lot of experience with them. Uh, I do, you know, feed them, you know, every once in a while, and, you know, just, well, I'm sure they can't get out. <laughs> And uh, it's interesting. They all they seem to respond. But one piece of research that I read that was super interesting about leopard geckos in particular is that they're very cued to uh, scent more so than other geckos. Like the other geckos in the study were uh, a tokay and a crested gecko in this one study. And leopard geckos can smell. So I had great success by putting the supplement that they they use, that I use, uh, on a new food item, and they would just go bang, just go right for it. Okay, cool. That's
1: interesting. I had to mute him because uh, we were getting some feedback, but I hope that answers your question, Hector. Thanks for calling in, bud. All right, let's go ahead and grab, uh, let's see. Um, all right, this is Elsa. Elsa, you're live on Gecko Nation Radio.
5: Hi guys, this this is quite a discussion. It's really blowing me away. Have you had? Hi Elsa. You? Hey Elsa, how, how you doing, guys? Have you had? A Good. To how are you tonight? A, have you had a chance to work with Agramenu? An is that how you pronounce it?
4: Agramenu. Agrame. Agramenu. Agramenu. Yes. With okay, a G, thanks. not Agramenu. It's A G. Oh
8: agri okay. right. you right
4: Exactly, you got it
8: There you go Thank you
4: Hello? Okay, she wants
1: to know if you have any experience working with them Or if that's uh, one of the wild types that you'd base some of the, you know, the information off of, perhaps I was getting a lot of mm-hmm. feedback on her line too, so
7: Yeah, so, I do don't you, do have any Do you know
1: anything about them?
7: I, I do not. Um,
4: I okay. do not either, but I would love to. Uh, Elsa, if you
1: want to learn about agromanu, listen to the show we did. Uh, that's actually
4: a featured Matt. show on the
1: Blog Talk site. No, it's the uh, one with John Scarborough.
4: Wild John type. and Matt both are the people to talk to about those species or subspecies.
3: Yep. Without a You're doubt. you one of those guys. Yeah. Uh,
4: but if you go
1: on the Blog Talk site for Gecko Nation Radio... It's uh, the show that uh, pops right up in the beginning, and, you know, we did a great talk about all that kind of stuff, so you'll like that. All right. Thanks, Elsa. All right. Let's see. We've got a few more calls here. Caller from, caller from the 907 area code. You're live on Gecko Radio. Hey. Hey, Marcy. Hey, is
4: this
1: Marcy?
5: It sure is. How are you guys doing?
3: Hey, hey Marcy. Marcy. How are
5: you? <laughs> Hi hi Julie, how are you? Have you been racing lately?
7: <laughs> no, not lately. Not lately. i I moved to North Carolina, so I'm just getting all settled in here. So hopefully next year I'll get some racing in.
5: That'll be awesome.
7: Yeah, for sure.
5: Well I just called to say hello and uh you definitely uh inspire a lot of people with your falsumas and uh I just had to say uh thanks to uh, Steve, for uh, sharing my little experiment that was rather fun. Um, I had a lot of fun looking looking at the information about water crystals with, this
4: uh, afternoon, so it was kind of a yeah, really that, fun diversion for me. That's a nice, quick, and dirty, uh, straight up. Yeah, I like it.
7: Yeah, that's good because anytime something like that comes out, you know, uh, as a rumor or whatever. It needs to be confronted with actual facts and research, so good job. High five.
5: Yeah, I thought it, well, I thought it was really interesting, too, and I'd like to do actually some more research into it because a lot of times you'll hear, you know, people, you know, putting forth that this is, you know, that this isn't very good and, um, you know, making statements about a particular thing that a lot of people use, and, you know, I try to... Um, look for hardcore information and so it's something that I'll continue to look further into especially um, from what I was able to find uh, that it only really destabilizes at high temperatures
4: Um, oh so it's it's temperature related too huh
5: that that was one of the things that I think I read and my brain still isn't working 100% when I, I think it's I don't know if it's just after effects of my concussion, but I'm like, I had someone else read it for me, and I'm like, is that what I'm getting from this? (laughs) uh,
3: um,
5: Well, uh, Nancy,
4: what somebody's trying to do is tell you that you need to have a scientifically based, you know, exponentially this and that within a, you know, a box and this and that in, in order to have anything viable as far as your results. Well, you know what? What you did was very well thought out, and it was what I call a quick and dirty, <laughs> just, just to see, okay? I, I just wanted to satisfy my
5: own curiosity.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. Do, and, and what it's... you what you came up with is probably really valid in, in some ways. Okay, um, I spent 26 years as a chemical engineer, all right? Those kind of experiments for me, I I used at one time in my life I could do in my sleep. But what you did, you, you actually took a giant step beyond what most other people would ever even dream of doing, and that is, okay, I heard a rumor that, you know, water crystals are not good, so since I heard the rumor, it must, be pos- it must be true, and so they spread the word. And you took it one step further. Gee, this is interesting because I feed my, you know, I use water crystals for my dubia colonies, so I, I want to see how this works. So you, you went above and beyond any, you know, anybody else so far that I've seen uh, to either prove or disprove this. So good for you. is what I'm well, saying. It was, it, it was job, really yeah.
5: fun, and it was one of the one of the things someone said is, oh, you, you can get you know something at the local pool store, and I had to really chuckle because it, it was in the thread, and I'm like, well, I'm kind of in Juneau, Alaska, and we don't have a local pool store here. <laughs> 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 Which I thought was rather fun Yeah, we know you. Nat- we know that you natives and come and-
4: At the hardware store But yeah. I
5: didn't feel like going out Because it's really cold and rainy day. Well, Mar-
4: Marcy, we all know that you native Alaskans Like go and lay in the snow And then run like banshees And, and like cast yourselves into the bay Into the sub-freezing yeah, we, we, we all know it- that, right?
7: <laughs> Absolutely We know you run around Killing was, your own well, food I
5: don't know how I didn't get hypothermia as a child I really don't <laughs> We used to play in the water At the beach And now as an adult I've gone and put my feet in the water I'm like oh my gosh How did I play in the water as a child You know That's I'm good, just, so. You know it's I'm just kidding hard. Marcy and I, know, just... And, and I know it wasn't I know
3: it wasn't any warmer than it is now.
4: So, <laughs> well, I'm glad you did that, and it would be really cool to see, you know, some similar uh, a similar quick and dirty uh, actually um, expanded into a um, a more scientific type uh, experiment and whatnot, uh, and that was on on. Um, Calcium sand. Uh, oh, that would be really interesting, too. Well, people um, did the a the similar the thing on calcium sand to see at what point does it dissolve, you know, uh, and it doesn't <laughs> under any <right>. point. <laughs> yeah,
5: that would be, uh, that would be I, I would love to see uh, something then on that, because I I, I really hate that that has that continued to be sold as safe. That and crushed walnut, but um, uh, the uh, thing that was really interesting is uh, one of the people that posted in the thread. I guess works in a lab and um, ha- in a lab and has access to some of the acids that more uh, resemble stomach acid. So I think she's actually going to try it. So I'm excited to see if she's able to produce uh, different results, or you know. Some other results, and hopefully we'll cool. share that. So cool! I'm that would be great. Forward, I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, yeah that awesome.
0: sounds good. All right. All
1: right, cool, Marcy. Thank you for your help with that. That was a good job today.
5: Yeah, awesome. And Julie, I just absolutely one of these days I will uh, be getting some arboreals from you when I'm finally settled into my new home and have my gigantic gecko room. Awesome. That
4: sounds good. Happy to do it.
5: All right. You take care, and I'm glad you had a you. wonderful day, Marcia.
4: Oh, thanks, Marcy. Okay. All right. Take I'll care, you later.
5: I'm gonna stay, I want to stay on and listen, Dave. Okay. Okay. No problem. All right. Thanks. <laughs> okay. One more
1: caller here. we got a caller from the 954 area code. You are live on Gecko Nation Radio.
8: Hi, David. It's Barbara Santora. I've been following hey, you Barbara, for quite you? a while. I'm okay. How are you? Doing good. Um, Doing what I love. i just on Yeah, i got a few problems with the, the little t- Well, I have one problem, um, and I just wanted to bring this to your attention. Um, mm-hmm. You know, is there any way you can tactfully tell people not to buy geckos in a pet store?
7: <laughs> and well, Don't buy geckos in a pet store.
8: Don't be. me. Had an impulse buy, and um, I bought one. All right. Now she has a parasites, mm-hmm. and um, I have. I'm immune. Compromise. compromised, so the parasite that she has could probably affect me, and so I have to go to my doctor. Oh, it's a zoonose. Okay, what is the parasite? Thing. Do you know the name of the parasite? Yeah, it's crypto. No. You know, the, okay, first of all, the crypto
4: that your gecko has yes, is not transmissible. It is not a zoonose. It is not transmissible. It's not a protozoa. No, it is not transmissible to humans. Okay, it's a different uh, microbe. So. Yeah, All Cryptosporidium right. is uh, yeah,
7: sporidium a host,
4: met- a
8: host-specific
4: yeah. um, mutant form of Coccidia. Unfortunately, well, you
8: know, p- humans can get that. Yes, they can,
4: but there are so many different strains of cryptosporidium. Oh, I got you. I
8: understand.
4: Yeah. That the, there are two strains that affect reptiles, and that is, of course, the number one is serpensis.
8: Right. Yeah, okay. I, I was re- I was reading. I, I did a lot of research. You cannot contract it. cryptosporidium.
4: Thank God. <laughs>
3: so
4: that okay, is nothing well, that's to worry about. Saying-
8: All right, so let's move on to the next thing. Um, uh, The little baby has the parasites, and I bought her from the pet store. And that's just, like I said on the thread, I'll never do that again. Never. Never. I'm sorry you're going through this. Yeah, that's I made a mistake. We all make mistakes. She was cute, and I bought her, and... uh, she was very sick. So, jeez. You know, um, she was uh, having her poop with a lot of yellow in it. And uh, then one day when we were, like, playing, she, like, had blood and, like, pus. And, oh, my God. It was, yeah. like, really bad. Yeah. So I'm bringing her back to the store, and I, I'm very sad about it. Um. But I can't have a sick gecko, you know. uh,
6: Well,
8: okay. So one of my ideas, uh, or one of my... You can help a sick gecko.
4: What you cannot do is help a gecko that is infected with cryptosporidium.
8: Yeah. You can help your
4: other geckos by fastidious... Uh, husbandry. Oh, well, my other quarantine.
7: ones are fine. This was just... Now, how, how are they kept and how close are they, you know, to the... I, I, I,
8: nev- don't. I never put them together.
7: Okay, I just sure. I don't sure. do that.
8: So she was quarantined. She was in her own house. And honestly, I'm throwing everything out. I don't want anything with that infection when I get the new one because I ordered a new one from Boa Reptiles which I think Guess David a little, uh, is a part of. Checkable um, Reptiles, John Scarbo, Yeah, the awesome
1: guy. Yeah, He's the sponsor of the show. yeah,
8: yep. yeah. And uh, I got a beautiful girl coming, because uh, I'm not good with the babies anyway. But um, this one, I mean, she actually, on my hand, it was a full drop, I mean, a full droplet of blood and puff. So I was concerned. I was like, "How could could this uh, infect me?" You know, well, I'm immunocompromised.
4: No, I am immunocompromised as well, so I understand okay, exactly what you're good. saying. Okay, thank you. Who am All I right. talking with? I'm Marcia from Golden Gate Geckos.
8: Hi, Marcia.
4: And I'm um, from France, Julie from
8: Ranch, Julie Bergman. And,
4: and yes, Julie is Julie from Gecko Ranch is our guest. Uh, tonight, um, first of all, how, I just have a question to ask, real quick. How was the infected gecko diagnosed with that, that it had
8: cryptosporidium? Well, I bought her from the store on June 11th, and um, I watched her droppings and I looked at her. I diagnosed her myself. All right. She's very sick.
4: Okay, let's stop right there. Okay without a bona fide genuine uh... i understand okay cryptosporidium is a mutant form of coccidia it's it's a very similar it's almost the same only it has it's you know it turned into something more critical uh okay. Cryptosporidium serpentis in leopard geckos is always fatal always at this point
8: I understand that
4: Coccidia is treatable and the symptoms are Coccidia. exactly the same so what? that's the reason that I asked you um, how
8: you came to con- well, the conclusion okay, that you had crypto. let me just say this. I got this little baby from the pet store, and I put her in her own little cage, and she had her little uh, everything, you know, I know what to do. And she just didn't eat. So I fed her the worms. She didn't like the crickets. So I fed her the worms, and when she went to the bathroom, it was uh, black and yellow. Mm. So I knew she was infected. Well, black black,
4: then, black stool generally uh, means blood of some sort.
8: Well, I'm not saying black, black. I'm just saying it was dark, and then there was the protein part was yellow. It's not protein. It's urates. Urates. Well, it was yellow. That's
4: what comes through the kidneys. Uh, It should be white.
8: Uh, I know.
3: But if it's a little
4: on the yellow side, it means the kidneys could be compromised at some point. And if it's a little bit crystally, it could mean that they're dehydrated, which is not uncommon for starting geckos. Yeah, I have her
8: soaking. I'm still trying to fix her. I have her soaking in um, Pedialyte and warm water and... uh, Oregano okay. oil.
4: Okay, you cannot, if she has crypto, you cannot fix it. Okay. And I, I'm uh, not sure that, if she has that. That breaks my heart but to say that. she has
8: something. Well. It breaks
4: my heart, too. But here's oh. what I would like to recommend, and that is to Thank get a dual sample to a qualified veterinarian. Right. And I'm not talking about just a float and smear test that they do
8: for, you know, no, I know, uh, I, know. Common I think I'm going to have to do one myself. How can you do that yourself? I have to go to my doctor. I mean, there I think go. I okay. have to do, I have to test myself for parasites. No no, 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 uh, no, no,
4: no. No, that, that... It, If
8: your gecko
4: is infected with any type of parasite, the only parasite that you have to worry about that could be zoonotic, which means passes between humans and animals, is pinworms.
8: Oh, no, we don't have
4: that And those are the most benign form of infection that you need to deal with. But he also
8: has an anal prolapse.
4: Okay, that's... Sounds to me when they have a when they have a a prolapse of that nature that they have such a large parasitic load in their intestines. Yeah.
8: yeah. Okay,
4: so that is not typical of of crypto. Okay. Well, you know oh, what folks,
1: thank we're coming you. to the end thank of the show. Thank
3: you
1: very much. And, and you know what, Barbara, maybe Marsha and you guys can talk about it during the week. Maybe she can give you a little bit more individual uh, attention. Yeah, I'd
8: okay. be more than That'd happy to talk with thank you about that. Thank you very that. much. I just And need I'm you sure Julie would too. Julie's God. been
4: through her, her share of trials and tribulations as well. <sighs> Me too. Oh, yeah. Okay, yes. thank
8: you. Well, thank you very much.
1: All right, folks, we're going to go into a little bit of overtime time tonight. You guys should be able to sure. get in Sure.
8: Are the you show. up
1: to
5: it, Julie? Yeah, let's go. Let's keep going. Okay.
1: The live portion is going to end, but you guys will be able to hear the end of the show if you call in real quick at 646 478 or if you download the show after it ends, you'll hear the whole thing. Just skip to the end part. All right, what's going on? I hear like uh, some jingling in the background. Is somebody playing the, the tambourine?
4: No, something? that's my chimes. <laughs>
3: no, no, that's <laughs> I'm outside, right.
4: and um, my chimes are going off. I will put myself on mute for right now.
3: That yeah, Marcia, Marcia
4: and I have been there many,
7: many times together, listening to the chimes.
1: Okay. Well, Julie, you know, I, I think we probably could, could have, you know, we probably could do a lot more uh, show with you. Maybe we can have you come back for part two sometime. Sure. Um, the, the time sure. goes by so quickly. But um,
7: that would be before, fine. Yeah. Before,
1: okay. Um, before we wrap things up, though, I'd like to to hear about the species you're currently working with and um, what do you have to offer uh, the community as far as available geckos and stuff?
7: Well, uh, right now I've got some – I had about a dozen uh, young leopard geckos hatch, and they're mostly uh, Anglo, uh, Tangerine, and uh, Normal and Jungle Morphs. And uh, then I also have a couple of baby, uh, a ca- giant New Caledonian geckos that are well started. And uh, they uh, should, one of them is definitely sexable uh, right now. I think that one's a male. And I should be able to mm-hmm. verify that at about, the animal is about 19 or 20 grams. And uh, then I have some giant day geckos available who have strong immune uh uh, systems, <laughs> which is kind of an interesting uh, continuation of our conversation, because uh, they, uh, a veterinarian uh, that breeds these pointed this out, and I go, you know, I have had hardly any problems with felsuma, and, uh, you know, especially Grandis. They seem to be rock solid. Want- the crazy you want to hear
1: something crazy about Grandis real quick? Um, sure. I have a, I have a- I have a trio of females, and I never got a male for them. And I noticed that one of the females just got a little bigger over time, and she started just becoming a little bit more aggressive and stuff, and it turns out she turned into a male. Uh-huh. <laughs> have you ever heard ever heard of that happening?
7: That she turned into a male?
1: She, she literally changed sexes, yes. No no, no bull. she went from a a bona fide female to a male with the pores and everything.
7: Well, I'm a gonna big? have to disagree with you there. um I think it was a, a latent male really, yeah, a really latent one. yeah, yeah indeed yeah and and that can definitely happen. And I've seen that happen with leopard geckos even. Some some of them just like, you know, they're like Pat on Saturday Night Live. You know, they're totally like androgynous. (laughs) You know, you're like, what is this thing, you know? There's like some bumps there and then there's these high-temperature, you know, females that come out and look a little funny with the leopard geckos. But with the grandest, yeah, sometimes it takes a while for the, the sexual characteristics to really develop. And that could even be suppressed by, you know, uh keeping them maybe too many to uh you know, to a situation like uh, in the in the wild grandis don't appear in in uh more than a pair. I was and th- say and a- relate- they 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 don't they're not noted for aggregate uh, colonies. No. No. Um, many falsuma are but not grandis. and Bill mm-hmm. Love uh that out to me, so that's useful information. So, um, unless you had a really huge setup, uh, like you know, walk-in type setup, I wouldn't keep, you know, multiple uh, multiples of grandis. I would just keep them in sex pairs or uh, two females.
1: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's good advice. Absolutely, I thought I was, um, yeah, it was kind of like a 55-gallon tank size scenario and. There was three of them in there together, and that's kind of what happened, so,
7: yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, know. so, so, yeah, right. that's, that's, so that's, that's okay, the story, and then I, I've got something, uh, going on with the, uh, International Herpetological Society, where I'm giving a talk on the reptile business, and, uh, the challenge facing, uh, people in the reptile business these days.
1: Wow, that's a good topic. You know, we should. Yes, it actually, is. Uh, yeah, we were talking. About, that's that's actually a really hot topic, Um in in on Facebook and such. Um, wow, would you like to come back and offer a special episode, maybe on a Tuesday, and uh, and talk a little bit more about that, Julie?
7: Sure. Uh, my my talk is at the IHS uh, International Herpetological Society Symposium, and that's in July. It's in the middle of the month. Um, and it starts, uh, I think it's the f- the 15th that it starts, I'd have to double check, but uh, you can go to their website, you know, and check that out and some of the other speakers, but uh, yeah, for sure, and I'm going to be, uh, I have been, I'm going to be speaking to many more people in the business at all levels, you know, to kind of get a pulse on what's going on right now and what what we could do to, to better ourselves and um you know how do we how we face the challenges coming from uh legal you know stuff like uh uh the laws in each state you know that's a whole other topic oh uh, my gosh but also <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm just going to touch on that briefly but what what's going on is um you know i i want to you know look at how the business has changed over the years and it has changed um, uh, and then how how we could use social media or other internet things uh, to help us, you know, as as tools. Okay.
4: Well, I can't think of anybody more qualified to do that than
7: you, Joey. <laughs> well, thank you, Marcia. <laughs> Where am I sending the check? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: No, well, and I think, you know,
4: that, I think that's very current and apropos for today uh, to discuss uh, yeah. those, those kinds of things as far as, um, you know, how this quote-unquote business um, is impacted as well as, you know, what we foresee for the future. And I can't think of anybody more qualified than you to do this.
7: Well, thank, you. Cool. thank you. I've, I've, I've yeah, had a well, great conversation. Uh, already to get this going, so I think it's going to be a great talk. And actually, I'm not during the talk. I'm not going to be talking as much as we're going to all be networking and helping each other at the talk. Wonderful. Well, maybe we can schedule the show, Julie, after you
1: actually do your talk in July, and uh, maybe you can kind of do like a, a rehash of it on the air with us if you'd like to. Like a really, recap. Yeah.
7: Yeah, I, so I, I'm cool. very excited about it. I I can't wait. Yeah, it should be it should be very useful and and fun, and also you know help us help us uh, you know get that sense of camaraderie from working together.
1: Yes, that, that seems to be something that's uh, well. Some of us can work together. Some of us certainly are, and then there's others that just don't play well with others. So, it's, uh, I think that's with everything, though. But. Um, yeah, you know, and, and even even in business, I believe that if if like-minded individuals can uh, align, um, even even if it's behind the scenes a bit, they'll succeed and do better. And none of us can do it all by ourselves. I no, today is, today especially, we need to help one another. Even if it's just a few people that can get along, that that's enough, and you guys will, you know, be successful. I mean, I I certainly. I'm learning how to network with the other like-minded people and good people in the community, and
3: those are the people Well, there's certainly, there's definitely
1: people that are not of the same mind frame as I. So, I'm not no, gonna, there,
4: the, no, to, there aren't. It, there aren't, and and it doesn't mean that our way is the right way. It just means that we acknowledge is, that we acknowledge the differences. <laughs> Right, exactly.
7: and, you know, for one type of reptile business, it's not going to work for another. But, uh, you know, there's there's enough enough things going on and enough out there that, that we can benefit somehow from associating with each other. You know, especially oh, when yeah. it comes that we know that is true for the animal husbandry and stuff like that. And there's also a delicate balance that occurs with, uh, you know, profit and ethics. You know, of keeping the animals mhm
4: mhm yes, that's important and that's, that's right. a and touchy that, thing to, that's a touchy that's a touchy subject
7: absolutely and and uh Marcia and I have talked about that at length, you know
1: for years,
7: yes <laughs> and it continues
4: <laughs> and it will not and it hasn't stopped yet, right, oh <laughs> no. So. Okay. All right. So,
3: yeah. well, yep. um, well, that would be great to get you, you back to... on the
4: show, Julie, after this symposium. And, uh, that would be cool. you know, to that way there would be subjects and questions and answers that would come up that would be, uh, you know, directly relevant to uh, the topic.
3: Yes.
7: Yes,
4: absolutely. And uh, I, I myself think that uh, – I don't want to say that I'm a that I am a, a, a perfect representative, if you will, of you know the herpetoculture uh, you know community out there, especially geckos and things like that. I have been around not quite as long as you have, but you know what? You and I've got quite a bit of time under our belt, and we if we haven't seen it or experienced it, we've certainly heard of it.
1: I think you're qualified, At- Marcia. <laughs> well, and, I yes.
4: think, and Julie <laughs> is too. Okay, but what I'm mm-hmm. saying is that that we all learn from other people. Right. We Absolutely. Do. and to have these kind of uh, morata- these these I don't want to say moratorium that was the wrong word to have these forums that are set up, uh, you know, to talk about. And uh, first of all, identify and discuss, and you know, put it up on the table. Uh, for, you know, everybody has something. Uh, everybody has something to contribute. Every single Absolutely. one of us. Mhm.
3: Mhm.
4: I don't care if you just started breeding your two geckos this year, or if you've been, you know, at it with multiple species like Julie has for over two decades. You know, we all have something valuable to bring to the table, and um, I think that it's a good thing to have to have these uh, symposiums.
3: Absolutely. Uh, uh,
4: yeah, and I can't I can't think of anybody better uh, than you, Julie, to send on. And I'm not speaking in terms of anybody else, but on my behalf. Will there be
1: a live feed there, perhaps, for
7: that for the speeches? I, I'm not sure. Uh, you could probably go to their website and and check out what's going on. Um, I it's okay. IHS or .dot uh, net or you can Google it pretty easily. It, it doesn't take mm-hmm. much effort. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely check it out. All right. Well, cool. I'd
1: like to give you this opportunity to. Um, have any closing remarks that you'd like to leave us with and
7: uh, for our listeners, if you'd like sure, sure, It's like you know um, I appreciate your interest in uh in reptiles and geckos in particular and and uh, I'd like to talk to people about geckos, so you know if you have some gecko questions, you know feel free to hit me up um you can check me. Check me out through geckoranch.com or the Facebook uh, page. Uh, I update the Facebook page more for Gecko Ranch, uh, and I put a lot of pictures on there, but Facebook, the the rotten uh, uh, people there, uh, <laughs> have uh, decided to throttle down everyone's uh, page, and they want you to, to pay for people to see your stuff, even people right. that have liked you. So if you if you guys would just get on there every once in a while and see what's going on there, that would be the best way to see what's going on with me, because uh, I am mm-hmm. definitely on there constantly posting and talking about things.
3: Yeah, okay. And cool. uh, I check
7: uh, there too. So if you want to send me a picture of something, uh, that's a good way you can do that too. Okay, awesome.
1: All right, great. Hey uh, Julie, we got to do it again.
4: There's so much more but, we could talk about. There you know, is. Sounds- and b- before we close, Julie, could I ask you to humbly quote the uh, books you are authored
7: by <laughs> and ah.
4: some of the articles yeah. that uh, that you've written that uh, other people may be interested in reading?
7: Um, well, um, there's. Uh, on, I think I have a list of them on my website, which is the com deal. But uh, the book that, that I work the most on is the Geckos, uh, a uh, accounting of, you know, kind of current species and stuff like that. That was published in 2006 by the uh, AVS people who are very good. And uh, uh, that's, that's a good, you know, kind of guide for beginner, intermediate to advanced person, uh you know for for geckos what makes a good uh pet gecko the foundations of keeping geckos which are, are super important uh, mm-hmm. before you run and uh then uh you know a lot of reptiles articles dazzling day geckos um there's a uh gecko uh, leopard gecko and Ublepharon guide that I helped write uh, a couple chapters uh three chapters in there with uh Gerald Murker uh and um uh his wife and uh another uh wonderful co-author which who I'm forgetting the the name of right this moment. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh that was that book was a while ago, but uh if there's a I wrote a chapter on fat tails and a chapter on uh, cat geckos, uh, alert asaiskermodes felinus and um uh, got some really great information there. And uh, um, the other chapter was on uh, I think we own it. So, uh, anyways, um, that that was that's some of my writing stuff. There is a lot of writing stuff, and I oftentimes forget. So, do check the website. Um, so, I'm, I'm always writing, always writing articles. There are some care sheets that just got published on uh, the ReptileChannel.com. Uh, one is on the lychees and uh or uh yes, uh Racchodactyls And that that was a hybrid between Robbie Hamper and myself and that came out really good, I thought. So that's the latest thing I did. So, okay, cool. Wow that's
1: that's quite a list of accomplishments. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So yeah, okay,
7: keep on keep on her
1: yeah, absolutely. And
7: next time we got to hear a little <laughs> more about your car racing. How's that sound? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, she has um, the need was, for speed. So uh, in, when I was <laughs> 37, I started getting interested in performance driving, so I started going to Thunder Hill Raceway Park in uh, Wills, California, and getting mm-hmm. uh, road racing instruction in, in one of my street cars, which was actually really well-prepared for for a road course and that was a 97 Trans Am a uh, really nice car and uh, so they kept asking me when I was going to start racing and I laughed at them and then they, they convinced me I should do it because I was spending a lot of money on my street car that I just could spend on a race car so I got an old race car which I didn't mind dinging up if something happened and uh, so from that point on I started racing the Camaro Mustang Challenge and uh, so that I've I've campaigned a third generation car uh, that was a '84 uh, Trans Am and uh, did that for many years. And then my latest car is a '94 Trans Am. It's green with geckos on it. <laughs> so, it does. I've seen it. <laughs> check out the website. You can see some pictures under About Us. And uh, that that car uh, should be campaigning again. This is a moving year, so I moved from California to North Carolina, and I got engaged to a wonderful man named Jeff. And <laughs> I am so
4: happy for you.
7: Yeah. He and if there's a way
4: I can get out there, I would love to perform the nuptials for you, too.
7: <laughs> well. Yeah, I was I was definitely going to ask you.
3: <laughs>
7: uh, so, yeah, I'm very, very happy
4: for you, Julie. You deserve you deserve the best. You really do. And in closing, I just want to I want to say that all of us have a beginning. All of us come from somewhere and that means knowing nothing. Um and I've had a lot of people in my in my life in my career as a leopard gecko breeder who um have been extremely uh instrumental in my success as a gecko breeder but first and foremost I always go back to you Julie uh I, I always go back to Julie because Julie, like I said earlier in the show, at the beginning of the show, Julie Bergman from Gecko Ranch taught me, Marsha McGinnis from Golden Gate Geckos, how to sex sex a leopard gecko. So my (laughs) point is this. We are not all born we we're, we're, we're not born all knowing we all started somewhere, and it was from the beginning, from whatever beginning that was okay and all of us have had people who have been instrumental and influential in our lives uh, as you know breeders or hobbyists or in whatever element that we are in this community, and I owe Julie a lot.
7: well, I owe it, Marcia a lot Cause,
4: well you know, you know you're what
7: hated and and as passionate as they come as you know as far as you know making sure things are are done right and and with uh, with a heart,
4: absolutely, and I think that that's why we became friends. And I think that that's why another reason that we will continue to be f- friends throughout as is, is because of that, of our, think of our love for these animals and this community. So I want to personally thank you, Julie, for being such an integral part of not only my life but as my career as a, a leopard gecko breeder. And uh, I'd like, like to end on I that. i get
7: a compliment. I could. I'm very touched, and I, I'm. I could not get a bigger compliment. So thank you sincerely.
4: Well, you know, I mean it.
7: I do know. <laughs> yes, and you. You definitely have that. That same place in my heart. You know. That's good to For know. Sure. Now we're getting verklempt. <laughs> Don't start crying, ladies. Come
4: on. We're not.
3: Crying. I cry
4: easy, but I'm, I promise I'm not going to cry.
3: Okay. All I feel All right, is cool. joy in
4: my heart that Julie's been on this show and has had an, an even a slight opportunity to um, let the world know that she's here, she's been here, and she will continue to be here. And, and yeah, we're yeah. going to have
1: you. We're going to get you back on too. We're going to get uh, get more. More of Julie Bergman's history and stuff out there for people to learn about, and I, you know, that's that's one of the things I think is important too. Um, you know, a lot of this, like I was saying earlier, a lot of this information should not get lost, and um, definitely, people like you, Julie, definitely need their time and need a little bit of the spotlight, and even even if it's just on a our, on our little radio show. These 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 shows are going to be archived forever, and. It may be something that people are going to turn to in the future to learn from. So, um, you know, Absolutely. it's a good thing, I think. So,
7: Absolutely a yeah. good thing. And thank you for having All me. Right. I really appreciate the opportunity.
5: Anytime. You Look an forward to talking.
7: Of course. Okay, cool. All
1: right, well, I guess uh, we'll wrap it up, folks. And, uh, uh, Julie, I'll let you go until
4: uh, until we meet again.
7: All right, thank you so much. Have a good night, everybody.
4: You, too. Take care. Love right. you, Julie. Good night. Did pretty good, huh, Marcia? Did good tonight, right? Yep.
1: You happy about the show, how the show went?
4: Yeah. Yeah?
1: Okay. Okay, cool. yeah.
4: She, she Julie she is an understated person. She doesn't toot her own horn a whole lot.
1: Yeah, no, that's cool. I, I, I can appreciate that. She definitely has the... You know, that's has a long history of
3: accomplishment. And oh my God! The,
4: to, yeah, it's not just the history; it's the it's the passion. Mm-hmm. It's the yeah. love of these animals in, in, in the purest sense, and she has the, of the highest level of ethics.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: That's important. But the thing is. Uh, We're not on the air, right?
1: Yes, we are on the air.
4: We are on the air?
1: Yeah, I didn't finish the show yet.
4: All right, well, I just (laughs) want to say that I have had the privilege and honor of being a guest not only at her home, but at Gecko Ranch. Um, She's had a couple of open houses where she opened up Gecko Ranch to the public to come in and... I came and spent the night and helped her, you know, just do the typical cleaning duties and yada, yada, yada. But it's her, it's her level of passion and, uh, she, the woman loves these animals. You can't be around her for more than two minutes without realizing how much she loves these creatures um when when she packed up and moved to the west to the east coast which means that I'm not going to be able to I mean before we were about an hour and a half drive away from each other she's been at my house and had dinner and spent the night and I've been up there to her house and and had dinner and spent the night um you know, I helped her pack all her leopard geckos to, for this move. And I know that it was a difficult thing for her. And it was difficult for me to know that she's just not going to be as accessible to me as she has been. Um, I'm not going to be able to see her at local shows like I took for granted. But all I can say is that once in a lifetime, maybe a couple of times in a lifetime, uh, somebody comes into your life and shares your passion and validates everything that you feel and think and do. And that, that doesn't go away that ne- that does never goes away david mm-hmm. when when there's people like this in this hobby in this day and age when there is so much strife and petty pettiness that there Well, don't even give it it's due. only positive on here no you know? don't
3: even, i don't even want to give, give it its
4: due. what what i'm what i'm getting at here is that you know, to, to have the privilege of considering Julie Bergman from Gecko Ranch, not only a past mentor, but as a, as a wonderful friend.
1: Yeah, right. that's, that's cool. I think that, that was good dynamics, and I do, being that you guys know each other so well, and I, and I I want to do it again. We'll do it again after her sometime in July.
4: Yeah. So. All right. Good. Get her on. She she's she's not really one of those ones out there flapping her wings and tooting her horn, you know. She but but she is definitely a driving force. uh, Not only as just a pioneer in this uh, in this hobby.
1: And I think she could add a lot to radio too. Like we could have a lot of good discussions about. Uh, especially about the business thing I'm excited about, because that topic today is confusing a lot of people. There's a lot of oh, people yeah. trying to figure it out. And I think the whole business part of herpetoculture is in flux right now. So I think a show like that is kind of instrumental. And uh, Tuesday, um, uh, Matt's coming on to talk about auctions. Uh, auctions are a, to- a hot topic.
4: Yeah. In yeah. Some people are sick of them, and some people are woohoo. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we're going right. to we're gonna talk a little bit about that. And um, I'm going to open up the phone lines for that so you guys can call in. If you want to call in and talk about auctions, if you want to tell Matt anything or ask him anything, you're welcome to call in. If you want to call up and say auctions think, you can do that too, whatever you guys want. So that's <laughs> Tuesday night show. <laughs> it's, it's open for you. But, Marsha, I want to thank you very much for being my co-host tonight. I'm going to uh, wrap things up now and um, – yeah, we
4: got to do it again. We'll
1: do it again soon.
4: We do. And David, all you right, know cool. I love you with all my heart and, oh, and I, I totally appreciate the the effort, the care, and the sincerity that you have in this hobby or business, what, whatever you want to call it. And the, yeah. the commu- let's just call it the community, even though that's kind of a buzzword these, these days, but I just want to thank you for the opportunity to be supportive in any way that I can. Thank you. Thank and, you
1: so much. I appreciate that.
4: And let you know how much I believe in this. I no, truly totally do. Keep doing it. We keep doing it as long as we can, you know? And someday Good. when
1: I don't do it anymore so hopefully somebody else will take it over.
4: Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. But this, this Maybe. is a, all of will be this,
0: huge Oh yeah,
4: well,
0: oh it's yeah. It's growing
1: every day, Marcia. It's growing. I can't even stop it anymore. It's like you know, in the beginning, <laughs> like when you start when you when you start something, you're like trying to get it going, and you're struggling, and you're nervous. You don't know if it's gonna,
6: you don't know if you're gonna get
1: listeners. You don't know if people are gonna listen to the show. Well, this show is it's incredible. I mean, it's it's getting it is incredible. Huge. It's huge. The people are listening to it all over the world now. The group is blowing up exponentially. And, you know, the people in the group are listeners to the show, and it's just, I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm just watching the downloads just grow and, grow and grow and grow with each new episode. So, I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm excited. Afraid. I'm afraid. Don't it be afraid. Big, though. Yeah, hey. I'm afraid. i
4: don't
1: like. <laughs> I don't want it to get too big. I don't know if I'm going hey. to handle it.
4: you yeah. know what? You can handle it, David, no matter what.
3: No, and yeah. if you
4: can't or if you feel like you can't, there are a plethora of people out there myself included that are more than willing to uh pick up whatever heavy piece that you're having to carry. Well, I may
1: I may take you up on that
3: someday.
4: Well, you know, you know I'm here. I hope that all the listeners out there know that I'm here. Yes, I am I'm retiring. But this is so much a part of my life that I don't think it will ever go away. Yeah,
3: and it's and, it's, and it's because I care and anyway.
4: you care, David. You care. Well, somebody's got to, you know. I think a lot of people
1: out there care, you know. And I think, yeah, uh, you know, that's that's a good thing. And you know, just getting those types of people to congeal is yeah, know,
4: what I'm, yeah, what
1: I'm after. What I'm after
4: yeah, know? I agree. So, I agree. So.
3: All right. But I'm I was just, I, I'm I just thrilled to have
4: Julie on, on the show, and hopefully the listeners out there got a, a glimpse or a hint of what she's about. And she, I have the utmost respect, and bec- through that respect, I've developed a, a very deep love for Julie Bergman. From okay. Gecko Ranch.
1: That's, that's 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 awesome. Yeah, I know, and we could you could tell. All right, we got to wrap it up, Marcia. And okay. Until until next time, and thank you so much. And I'll be in touch very soon.
4: It's a pleasure as always, David. Good night, everybody.
1: Okay. All right, take care. I love you. Good night.
2: Love you too.
1: All right, folks. I'm um, just gonna play my outro. I'll be coming right back with the closing remarks, and I'm gonna play a cool song. Check it out. Gecko Nation Radio is a David Fine Geckos creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. The jazz music you heard tonight was generously donated and created by Jeremy Turgeon of J&D Reptiles. Thank you very much, Jeremy, for the great musical pieces. You can check out Jeremy at J&D Reptiles on YouTube and on Facebook. And a very special thank you to our news anchor, graphic designer, and audio tech, Steve Barker. All the graphics, audio sponsor plugs, and music overlays were assembled by Steve. Check out Steve on YouTube at BC Barker Creations. He has some terrific videos for the herb community with amazing geckos and snakes. Please support the U.S. Herpetocultural Alliance and U.S. ARC. Gecko Nation Radio is proud to support both of these organizations. Please donate to USARC so that they have the funds needed to legally protect pet owners rights nationwide. You can donate to the USARC Legal Defense Fund at www.usarc.org. If you would also like to learn about advocacy and how you can take action on a state and local level, please subscribe to the US Herpetocultural Alliance newsletter and blog at www.usherp.org. All right, folks, Uh, I did a great show tonight. It was a long show, got a lot out there. And I uh, I just want to thank our guest, uh, Julie Bergman, and, of course, my co-host, the lovely Marcia McGinnis. And, of course, all the listeners and the people in the chat room, you guys are great. And uh, I just want to say that uh, the history of leopard geckos, in particular, is very interesting. And I'm going to do my best to highlight and uh, bring as much of that history back uh, and at least document what I can on GNR for you folks, okay, because I do believe that this show will have a history, and it will be, it, it will endure in some form even well into the future, okay, so thank you all for supporting what we do here, and uh, Tuesday's show, all about auctions, we got Matt on from Sasebeck Reptiles, he's doing a lot of auctions, and it's causing some controversy and, um, you know, it it could be the new thing, the new way of doing things, or is is it just because the times are tough? We're going to get into the nitty-gritty of it. We're going to talk about his experience and what he's seen in the market and how the market's developed in his time doing this. And we're going to talk about auctions in general and see how they affect things. And we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear your opinions on options, how you feel about them, love them, hate them, whatever it is, call in Tuesday night. I'll be posting the link in the Gecko Nation group and on the Facebook page very soon. Okay, now, before I play the song, I just want to mention our amazing sponsors. If you guys are going to any of the East Coast shows, make sure you mention Gecko Nation Radio with the Elspirited Dragons. You're going to get 10% off any of your reptile supplies and your food. They sell all kinds of food from Goliath hornworms, Um, Dubia, roaches, anything you need They have exoterras All kinds of supplements Anything you could possibly need, they have it Foggers, stuff like that uh, Make sure you see them Also, abdragons.com Awesome source for dubia roaches Very healthy, amazing quality uh, Feeders for your Insect-eating reptiles Uh, Mention gecko, use the word gecko All in caps at checkout For 5% off your order and they have FlexSlot. GeckoBoa.com uh, is the king of wild types here in the U.S. John Scarborough does an amazing job. So check out GeckoBoa.com on Facebook also. All right, Supreme Gecko. Check out Wally Turn. Amazing day uh, geckos, cresties, and little tiny micro geckos. And he's got the food and everything you need for him too. So check out SupremeGecko.com. Ohio gecko, bad just uh, been making some uh, amazing new geckos this season. Really interesting morphs. He gets a couple deerites, super deerites. And uh, he's always posting something interesting. He's got some beautiful tangerines. So check out OhioGecko.com for some awesome leopard geckos and fat tails. Rainbow mealworms is the biggest worm farm in the world, and we are proud to have them as our here. They supply most of the large-scale breeders and small-scale breeders with their feeder mealworms and superworms. So check out rainbowmealworms.net I meant, not .com, it's .net. Okay? And uh, order your stuff today. Um, Reptiles Express. If you guys are shipping animals anywhere in the U.S., make sure you check out Reptiles Express. Uh, They are the best in customer service and in price for shipping your uh, animals via FedEx. All right. Ron Tremper. Gotta love Ron Tremper. The king of leopard geckos. Nobody's done more for leopard geckos in in the, the last 30 years than Ron. And uh, he's brought us so many great morphs like the giants, the bandits, uh, the Tremper albinos, all that stuff. Ron is a legend, a living legend. And he's coming out with even more stuff. He's not stopping anytime soon. So check out leopardgecko.com and on um The app store, you can download Leopard Gecko Care and Leopard Gecko Pro. And he's got a few other apps, too, to help you out. GiantLepardGecko.com is run by Keith Kagan. And Giant Leopard Gecko is exactly what it says. They're big geckos. So if you guys like giants, uh, Keith is specializing in some very colorful examples of Giant Leopard Geckos and other species. He's got crested and fat tails as well. GiantLepardGecko.com. is happy to have them on board. Last but not least, Marcy from MS2 Premium Chow, the best food for your feeder insects. You are what you eat. Make sure you're feeding your insects the very best so your insect eating reptiles get the very best. And that's MS2 Chow. All right, folks, it's been a great show. Check out this song, and we will see you Tuesday night for a special edition of on Nation Radio. Later.
0: No purchase necessary void are prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.